too hot. I was thinking it wouldn't be a See Me After Class podcast if it didn't start with an obnoxiously long and loud sip of coffee. But it was burning my mouth. Welcome to the only podcast in Canada. That's right. It's the See Me After Class podcast. I'm your host, John Graham. And you're in for another breathtaking episode. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about uh, today. First of all, I haven't streamed in a while. Uh, as I said on Twitter earlier, I'm, uh, I've been feeling unusually anxious and depressed. But uh, I wanted to stream before this month ended. <laughs> And I thought, actually, I wanted to stream all throughout this last week, but uh, each day there's been some bullshit. Yesterday the power went out because they were doing some rewiring out front. But anyway, uh, I'm here, and uh, I didn't want to come on empty-handed, so I've got a surprise for you guys at the end. I've got, uh, I've got uh, an unfinished... Uh, the unfinished pilot episode of a new show I'm working on. You guys remember Chemotheraplay? So it's kind of like that, but different. Not nearly as creepy, because I'm not wearing a mask in this one. But um, I got a video to show you guys. So it's, it's, it's an in-character review show. And uh, it's... I'll just say it's a review... It's a, vi a review of video games. It's a video game review show. And the f this first episode starts with Resident Evil 2 for PlayStation 4. Resident Evil 2 Biohazard. And, uh... Not that uh, it's just going to be modern games, but Resident Evil 2 to me is just like... it's It just came out, but it's like an instant classic because it's just that good. Anyway, it's but it's not really a review show. What it really is is making fun of gaming journalism. There's a satirical layer to the whole thing. So the the entire review is basically bullshit. It's all just j jokes. Satirical jokes. And uh the 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 video as it is right now is about 20 minutes long. And it's just 20 minutes of jokes pretty much. Video game, I sh maybe sh maybe journalism isn't the right word. Video game, just gaming critics, gaming reviews. There's a lot of bullshit going on, you know? P people who are in these uh, positions of critiquing things and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Or they have mush mouth. <laughs> or like, reviews are bought, you know? Or whatever. So I, I make fun of all, all that kind of shit. And it's like super cringy on purpose. So we'll see how you guys like that. I'll show you guys that later. Uh, we'll, we'll do some other video stuff at the end of this too. Right now I just want this to be like me talking. Because I'm going to segment this broadcast later. And I don't want to mix the video stuff in with the podcast segment. Because then there's like copyright whatever 
every time I play like fan content and videos, like I get a copyright claim. So I'd, I'd rather like for this broadcast, it's fine. I don't care, but uh, I, I just want to segment everything. So this will be the segment of the broadcast where I just talk about shit. I've got a, a list of things to talk about. I'll get to that in a minute. And then we'll do like videos, one of which being the Sonic trailer, which I have not seen yet. Okay. But I'm aware of it. I am aware of the character redesign, whatever the last big reveal was of like the character, what Sonic looks like in the movie. Like I saw that, but I haven't seen the, the trailer yet. And I'm actually quite looking forward to seeing it. I, f I feel like I might be, uh, I feel like I might really enjoy it. I might laugh my ass off, but I don't know. I wanted to save it. I wanted to save my reaction for doing it on, on here. So you guys will get to see my le epic reaction to the Sonic trailer XD DDD. So, so we'll do that. And uh, I think I got some fan content things. People have sent me over email that they might want me to see. Uh, maybe send me a DM if I've forgotten. Like if you sent me something a while ago, I, I probably forgot or overlooked it in my email. I don't, I get a lot of shit. But if anybody's here in the chat who has sent me something in the past that they want me to view on stream and they're here now, like, just share the link with me again and I'll, I'll see if I can get to it later. But right now we'll just talk about shit. Just wanted to touch base with um, my fans, my subscribers, my supporters. Really appreciate the patience of all of you and the support from all of you. And uh, thanks for tuning in. So let's get to what some of the things I want to talk about. Um, oh, I have to wear my Sonic hat when watching the trailer, did. All right, I'll get my Sonic hat for later. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about uh, RB and the Chief, where I'm at with that. Um, I want to talk about... Oh, I talked about my new review show already, so I'll show you my... I'll show you my the premiere of that at the end of this broadcast or near the end. Um, I want to talk about the Oscars. Some of this shit is super old <laughs> because I haven't been online in a while. But uh, yeah, the Os 2019 Oscars. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about Jussie Smollett. This fucking guy. I want to talk about him for a bit. Uh... I want to talk about Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Shimona. Um, I want to review a couple films. I want to yeah, and and talk about some films, but I don't I don't want to discuss spoilers. Like, I want to. I've I've seen uh, Avengers Endgame. I don't want to. I wanted to talk about it, but there's probably a bunch of people here who haven't seen it, and they're going to be bitching about spoilers. So maybe maybe that's not the best idea. But uh, I want to talk about Captain Marvel, too. And uh, and Brie Larson. And some of the dumb shit she's been saying. I, s I like Brie Larson, but uh, she said some stupid things. I want to talk about that. Uh, what else? Uh, I want to talk about diversity hiring. I've talked about that before, I know. 
politics the show, everyone. But uh, I've seen some posts from some close friends of mine encouraging it, and uh, I got some issues with it. I don't want to talk about that for a bit. Um, I want to talk about the Peterson versus Zizek debate on Marxism versus capitalism that was a bit of a disaster. And uh, the shit the media is slinging from both sides, which I think is ridiculous. Um, what else? On a less humorous note, uh, I kind of want to talk about uh, the Christchurch event briefly. Um, I know it's not funny, but uh, there's some there's some things about that that I think are worth talking about. Um, what else? I want to talk about Alex Jones's epic <laughs> podcast with Joe Rogan. I know some old, still old shit that happened ages ago, but uh, I'm here now. Okay, so we'll we'll talk about it now. Maybe we'll talk about Game of Thrones, but again, I don't want to. I don't want to piss off people who haven't seen it. Uh, what else? What else is there? Um, I want to talk about un unprofessional employers that I've encountered while submitting resumes to places that I think is pretty funny. Um, I want to talk about uh, depression and anxiety, some of the shit I've been going through the past uh, the past few weeks and how to manage it. Um, I want to talk about some of the streams that I want to do in the near future. Uh, one I want to do pretty, pretty much right away is, uh, I want to, I want to do a playthrough of Resident Evil 2 in character as the character that is at this, the center of this new show that I'm making. So, what, the reason it's unfinished in its current state is because I want to intercut it with highlights from a live playthrough of the whole game, like s clips, highlights from it, yeah, where I'm in character playing it. So, But before I do that, I'd rather premiere what I have first so you can get a, an idea of what it is I'm doing and what the character is and stuff. And, and yeah, what else we got? Um, I want to talk about suicidal emails. I get this sometimes from people who write me emails who are on the verge of suicide and they strongly imply that I'm their last point of contact before they kill themselves, which puts me in a weird fucking position because I'm just like, all right, I guess I better say the right thing or you'll die because of me. So yeah, thanks for putting that on me. But you can't say that, right? You got to try and help the dude. So I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I played Devil May Cry 5. We'll talk about that. Uh, what else? Um... I want to talk about 
the R. Kelly interview. I don't have too much to say on that other than that it was hilarious. <laughs> you guys saw that, right? I can't remember who was talking to him, but he just like flipped out on camera. Um, what else? Uh, the white power hand sign thing that's got everybody's panties tied up in a knot. I want to talk about uh, Steam versus the Epic Store. Uh, I want to talk a bit about intersectionality. And um, I got a bit here about the, the essence of existence, which is a pretty, uh, a pretty deep thing, but I've, it's something I've been thinking about a lot, and I have a few thoughts to share on that if you're interested. Or if you just want to make fun of me and tell me to shut up. That's not cool, but uh, I can't fucking stop you. Go ahead, if that's what you want to do. Um, I got to do f some fucking commentaries for Arby and the Chief. It's been forever since I did one. And uh, I want to do them all again. Like, I've done them in the past, but I want to re-record a bunch of them. Like, the old seasons. Not just season eight, the old seasons as well. Now that I've like uploaded all the videos to my own channel. So like I want to go over all those uploads on my new uploads on my channel of my old stuff uh, with the fans one video at a time to like check each video and see if maybe it could benefit from a re-upload. Maybe some, you know, de-interlacing. I know there's a few videos out of everything I've uploaded that could it could benefit from running through software like uh, Handbrake. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. It's uh, it's like an encoding software, I guess, that you load a video into that has interlacing problems, and you can deinterlace it and output like a fixed file. So maybe uh, as we're doing commentaries of my old stuff, we can, you know, uh, I can make a list based on feedback of like things I can fix in the uploads. Season 2, episode 1 is down. Uh, I, th I don't think it's down for everybody. I think it's region locked in some specific region, but not all regions. Like, for instance, I can access it. I checked it. But it seems to be... It, season 2, episode 1 seems to be unavailable for people in a certain region. I don't know if maybe it's just the United States or maybe not even on the in the in the west maybe it's in europe i'm not sure i'm not sure who whoever tweeted that screen cap at me i don't know where he is um but anyway for some people that that video is unavailable i'm guessing because of the song that's used in it my baby takes the morning train by sheena easton what and i i i knew and i said beforehand before like when I uploaded seasons one and two on my channel, I was like, I don't know what YouTube's going to do, you know, because the fact of the matter is I, I started making this show when the Internet was in its Wild West phase where people were just using copyrighted music and not thinking much of it. And I was doing the exact same thing. And if a lot of people bitch, you know, at the idea of me uploading like 
remastered. Or not... Yeah, remastered. Yeah, remastered, like, audio versions. Because they're just like, this isn't the original one with, like, Daft Punk and Sheena Easton and whatever fucking other bands. I'm like, yeah, no shit, because it's not okay to use that shit anymore. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop people from getting angry, you know? They're just like, this isn't what it was before. And so I was just like, at that point, Mishinima had dissolved, right? They no longer, the company no longer existed. So I was just like, fuck it. I'll just upload seasons one and two. And, you know, I'm just one guy. I'm not a conglomerate. I'm not an MCN. I'm just one dude. And I'll upload the videos to my channel in their original format. And if YouTube wants to censor them or whatever, or if like the the individual companies who own the rights to the assets that I'm using, if they want to monetize those assets, like I don't care if the like if I don't earn ad revenue off those videos, like, and if the the rights holders of the assets in those videos want to monetize it, that's totally fine with me. But uh, there may be cases where videos with copyrighted material in it are unavailable to watch, which obviously is the case with season two, episode one, for some people. So, I I said at the beginning, like YouTube might fucking censor some stuff and it's not my fault i didn't do it it's not much i can do about it i mean uh if if it's a problem i can so season two episode one seems to be the only one that's blocked uh by region so far and if enough people are bothered by that i can remaster the episode but alternatively, those people can use a VPN to make it seem like their computer is from a different region of the world to get around the region lock. So, assuming they know what a VPN is. Shut up, talk about stuff. That's what I'm doing. One thing at a time. Okay? Okay. And uh, what else? There's a few things on my list I want to mention. Uh, uh, James Woods just got like banned from Twitter or something today, which is lame. So I want to talk about that in general, people getting censored off Twitter and Facebook or whatever. And, uh, the, the tendency of Silicon Valley companies to deplatform certain people, conservatives, especially not even speaking as a conservative, cause I don't consider myself a conservative I am I guess I'm right wing on certain issues but uh, I I don't agree with digging your heels in on either side you know there's there's certain issues where being on the left is beneficial and there's certain issues where being on the right is beneficial right and uh, a healthy society hinges on both sides being able to communicate with each other that's what I think you know, and when I see people being deplatformed and banned from Google or Twitter or YouTube or whatever, it makes me the sad face. That sh that shouldn't be how it is. You know. Uh, I want to talk about uh, Sekiro. Sekiro. Sek Sekiro. Shadows die thrice. Uh, I want to talk about the easy mode in that game. Everyone's divided on this. Well, that was a big, I'm not, it's probably not a big deal now, but it was a little, it was a big deal for a little while. 
uh, a couple weeks ago or something. Like, uh, there's all these, like, salty journalists who fucking suck at video games. And they're just like, why doesn't Sekiro have an easy mode so I can blast through it and finish this review? And uh, there's an interesting debate going on between uh, the the role that a game's difficulty plays in the art form. You know, it's like part of the artistic experience to make a game that is challenging. At least that's what From Software wants to do, right? So I, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah. I've been, for a long time, I've been meaning to uh, mention this guy's book on my stream. So uh, just before the th uh, I got what I wanted from Machinima, which is permission to re-upload my old stuff, uh, I was in email communication with a lawyer who was going to help me with my case against Machinima. And he was a very nice dude. Uh, I ended up not needing his services because before it got to that point, Machinima had agreed to play ball with me finally after months of emails. But this, this guy, I had to email this guy saying, hey, Machinima just gave me what I wanted. So like, I don't, think I need your help anymore but I really appreciate it and he was really nice and he said uh, hey no problem and he sent me a book he sent me his book that I don't know if he wrote it or co-wrote it I think he wrote it but yeah it's on video game intellectual property law and uh, I told him I'd give him a shout out on my my podcast but I kept forgetting so I'll I'll mention that a bit later uh, I got some, f yeah, some fan content that I'll, I'll, I'll do that later as well in the broadcast. Uh, there was, a someone a few weeks ago, I saw that somebody linked a thread on V about me. There's threads on, there's threads about me on V a bunch of times. I just, I miss most of them, but someone linked me to a V thread one day and, uh, there was some interesting shit in there. It was pretty funny. Some funny YouTube comments, if I can remember them. And uh, and the Sonic movie trailer. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that too. Which I have, again, if for people who are just joining, I haven't seen the Sonic movie trailer yet. And I wanted to say that for this... For this broadcast. Okay. So... Um, what do people, is there anything people want me to address first? Should I just, should I go into super chats? Uh, would anybody like me to go into one of the, the topics I mentioned? Or should I just go down the list? What do people want me to talk about? Super chat. Let's let's take care of the super chats because uh, I don't think there's too many. Shouldn't take long to get through them. Holy shit! I stand corrected. There's a bunch here. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate all the support. Um, alternatively, uh, remember if 
remember that uh, YouTube takes 30% of Super Chats. And so if you want to support my content, but uh, you don't want to be gouged by YouTube, I mean, Super Chat has its perks, obviously. They're much easier for me to see. But uh, if you want to... If you want a way of supporting, but you don't like the cut, uh, check my check the link in the description for the Streamlabs uh, donation link. So that's that's another way of doing it. And uh, I'll from time to time in the broadcast, I'll check the mess those messages attached to those uh, uh, Streamlabs uh, donations, and I'll read those out. And uh, Streamlabs doesn't take anything. Or if they do, it's it's incredibly small compared to what uh, YouTube takes. Anyway, uh, let's see what we got here. So yeah, super chat or YouTube super chats and Streamlabs. It's up to you. Let's get let's do the YouTube stuff first. Kirkland Signature, good to good to hear from you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Getty Lee sounds like he got kicked in the balls. I don't know who that is. Thanks, Kirkland. Poglins for Life says, I'm broke, so here's my lunch money. Well, as long as you're broke, that's the important thing. What about tomorrow's lunch money? Where's that? You going to send me that? Give me it all. Thanks, dude. Unkule26 says, My favorite political podcast from Canada. Politics the show, everyone. Thanks, man. That's right. Uh, also, the only podcast in Canada. You can try and find another one. You won't. You will be unsuccessful because this is the only one in the country. Uh, why haven't you charged me on Patreon? Uh, I can't. I stopped charges on patreon for people on uh for february because uh i didn't have anything to post that month and uh i felt bad even though i was working on rb and my new show uh i didn't have anything to share at that point so i felt bad and i stopped uh i stopped charges for that month so i took a hit but uh it's more important to me that all my supporters feel like they're being treated fairly and I want to try and give everyone something every month if uh, if I'm going to be charging people per month on my Patreon. So if, if I feel that I don't have enough to deliver on a particular month, I'm going to, I'll pause it. So I've done that. I did that February and I did that uh, December as well, I think. That was when I was on like month seven of like working on episode uh, 13 and I felt like shit so so there you go um where are we yeah it's wild sucks to see him like this right now what's the problem what did I do it sucks to see me like this like what anyway um where were we? Um, Kirkland Signature says, Imagine waking up in the morning and remembering you like Rush. What's so bad about that? Rush rocks. 
Don't you like Rack? Um, I love Rush. They're great. It sucks you're happy. Go back to being a neat faggot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't win. I can never win. Um, the one random comment he reads. Yeah, I know. Because my, my eyes can detect something negative pretty fucking quick in the sea of comments. In which a lot of people write a lot of nice things. Which I'm very grateful for, but uh, I can't help but gravitate towards this 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 stuff that that reads at first glance like an attack. And uh, I don't want people to hate me. I want people to like me, my dudes. You guys like me, right? Please, please like me. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, uh, Kirkland's signature again says imagine listening to Rush over Johnny James Dio Ronnie James Dio I don't think I've listened to much of him I think I know who he is uh, well if Kirkland says it, he's good then he must be I'll check him out later Thanks, buddy. Kiro says, hi, Job. Did you get my fan art email? Uh, I'm sure I did. I think I've gotten all of them. They're very interesting. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't responded. But, uh, yeah, I think I, I did get them. You're a talented dude, man. Uh, thank you. Uh, H. Doom says, The return of the cuck. That's right. The cuckening is upon us. It's that time again. It's time. Cucking everything that stands in my way. They call him the bull. He cucks everyone in his path. He is a monster. <laughs> um... Kirkland Signature says, Hi, Job. Did you get my Pornhub email? What the fuck is a Pornhub email? Is that like a Hotmail or Gmail competitor now? <laughs> JCJ Graham at Pornhub.com. One day. One day. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what exactly you're referring to. But uh, I probably did. Oh, is that a link to something on Pornhub? Is that what you mean? Thanks, man. Max Johnson 05 says, I'm a depressed wreck at the moment. Thanks for streaming. Hey, I know how... I know that feel, dude. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about managing depression and anxiety because it's something I've been struggling with recently as well. Uh, Thanks, man. Brent Music says, hey, Johnny Longdick, uh, I must know what you think about Got, Got of Thrones, Game of Got, specifically, what's that, specifically Battle of Winterfell, 
And Peterson versus Zizek. Yes, we'll get to both of those. We'll talk about both. Although maybe not so much God of Thrones because uh, I don't want to annoy people who want to shield themselves from spoilers. Same with Endgame. But anyway, uh, thanks Brent Music. Appreciate it, man. Um... Cross Counter says, I missed you, John Cuck. I missed you guys too. I was, wor- I was, I, I do like this. I kind of, I kind of was worried about the flack that I would get. Cause I felt like it's like, oh, it's like, it's, there's this vicious cycle where like I don't stream for a while and then the anxiety keeps building because it's like, oh, it's, it's been even longer and longer since I streamed last and then I'm going to finally come on and then there's just going to be a flood of, troll comments and people giving me a hard time and shit but uh you guys have been great so far so thanks thanks for thanks for the warm welcome coming back on today i appreciate that um and i appreciate your time thanks thanks for tuning into this podcast of of all the different people you could be listening to right now you've chosen to tune in and listen to me and my stupid ass so thanks for that. Uh, thank you, Cross Counter. Nine Cross, thanks thanks for your thing. Appreciate it. Play it in the background, says, Hi, John. Did you like Avengers Endgame? My favorite part was when Thanos calls Black Panther the N-word. <laughs> yeah, that was great, wasn't it? Then violates Iron Man's butt with his big purple schlong in front of all the Avengers. I see you watch the end after the end credits too. That was a really weird scene. I'm surprised they put that in. I wonder if Sam Raimi directed this movie. That's Sam Raimi for you with his outrageously racist movie scenes. Thanks play it in the background. Asphart Dinglestein says, "What's up, job? What's that? My pee-pee burns." Whenever I urinate for some odd reason. You may have a UTI, my friend. Or something. Maybe you want to get that checked out. But I appreciate it, Asphart. Um, we're broadcasting right now, right? You guys can see me and everything. It says offline at the stop at the top of my streaming page, which just freaked me out for a second there. But I think everything's fine. How is the stream? How has it been? Are the levels good? You guys can see me. You guys can hear me. That's weird. I don't know why it says my stream is offline, but as long as it's working. Uh, what else? Okay, everything's good. Okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. Thank you. Uh, Kirkland Signature again says, Watch episode one of Oneself by Afflicts Life. Most of the Discord community voice acts in it, and we're all proud of what we made. You better DM job. Oh, cool. Well, uh, the, guy, the stuff you guys have made so far has been great. So um, I've enjoyed watching your guys' stuff. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if you guys link me to whatever you've made, I'd be happy to show it on here. 
Just, I hope it's not some shit that gets me banned. Like, that, that, sh- that shit's fucking scary now, people getting banned, you know? Um, hang on, before we go too far, I just want to address the, the Avengers Endgame thing. Because this guy asked if I liked Avengers Endgame. I didn't really answer his question. Because I don't want to, I don't really, without getting into spoilers and shit, uh, I loved it. I had a really good time at the theater. I thought there was a bunch of plot stuff that was dumb. But uh, really enjoyable movie. Uh, lots of tongue-in-cheek moments. Great character moments. Um, lots of satisfying fan service. Um, just a, a good-ass comic book movie. And a lot of fun. And uh, I didn't even really... I didn't care that it was a three-hour-long movie. Really enjoyed it. Um... All right, what else? What else? Uh, Shao Kahn Shoulder Charge <laughs> says, Chris CJR uploaded your full guide to Halo 3 Machinima. You know what to do, Job. Smiley face. Or are you talking about me doing a commentary on it? Or uploading the videos myself? I'm not really sure what it is. Because uh, anything that I've uploaded to my channel, like there's, before I gained the permission to, uh, a bunch of like fans and stuff were uploading my stuff themselves onto their own channels. And so I've been, I haven't been copy striking anyone. I, I don't, I hate that fucking word, copy strike. It's copyright strike is, is what I mean. But everyone says copy strike now because of that. Because of that, what that girl said who was talking about PewDiePie. Can we copy strike him? It's like not even a real word. But if it's a contraction of copyright and strike, then whatever. I guess it's fine. But um, I haven't been doing that to anybody. I've just been DMing those people who have been uploading stuff just and saying, hey, really appreciate what you've done. Uplo- making my content available for people to see when I couldn't make it available myself. But... I, I can make it available myself on my channel now and I would I would rather have the traffic because it's my content, right? And so I've been kindly asking people to take their uploads down, which uh, they have been so far. And uh, I'm really grateful to those guys for being so cooperative and, um, and doing that. So that was really cool. Um, so I don't know if maybe that's what you mean. But uh, but yeah, eventually, yeah, we we can. If you guys want me to to like watch the my guide to Halo Three Machinima, we can do that. That's cool. Uh, thanks, Shao Khan, Shoulder Charge. I appreciate that, man. Uh, Arbiter's mom says, "Hey, John, great to see you streaming, dude. Uh, thanks, man. I was uh, I was really anxious starting this up today, but uh, I f- I feel better already." I feel a lot more relaxed now than I did a half hour ago. I started the stream and my heart was fucking racing. And there's there's no logical reason for it either. It's just... That's anxiety for you. It sucks. Anyway. Uh, shit's good now. I'm having fun. Um, so thanks, Arbiter's Mom. 
Thanks for tuning in. Kirkland says, John, I want to talk about Graham. That's me, all right. Thanks, dude. Jebediah Kerbal says, are you still talking about postmodernism? <laughs> in a way, I guess, at, at some point in this broadcast, yeah, we'll be talking about postmodernism, sure. Am I allowed? Is that okay? Thanks, Jebediah. Ariana says, hi, Job. How are you? Please watch oneself. Okay, bye. Thank you, Ariana. Uh, oneself. I think uh, more than one person has mentioned that now. I don't. I'm not sure what that is. We'll look that up later, and uh, we'll we'll check it out. I don't. I don't know what it is. But yeah, we'll check it out. Thank you, Ariana. Mag Charger XD says, John, do you know about Article 13? Uh, not. I do. Uh. I mean, it's essentially the memes are now illegal in Europe thing, right? Um, but I I haven't read enough into it to 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 really understand the scope of how bad it is. Because from what I've read, I've read a little bit on it, and to me, it doesn't strike me as this the apocalyptic thing that Article Thirteen is being talked about as. But maybe maybe I'm wrong, and maybe one of you guys can clear things up for me. Because to me, it just seems like you know m more strict, uh, albeit unrealistic, guidelines for content hosts such as YouTube when it comes to uh, screening and flagging and removing content based on copyright infringement, um, which. Uh, I mean, it's something that needs to be dealt with, but making memes illegal certainly doesn't sound like a, a rational method to me. But I, I'm not sure that's really an accurate way of boiling it down either. Article 13 is bad because it's bad. Oh, wow, I didn't think of that that way before. That's a really compelling argument. Um, anyway, uh... Yeah, so we we can talk about that, I guess, if if somebody wants to clear that up. Some someone in Europe who's felt the effects of it and knows what the problem is with it exactly. Uh, I lost my place here. Hang on, where are we? Tobias Edwardson says, good to see you streaming again, John. Anxiety is an absolute pain in the ass. Does does YouTube censor ass in the chat? That sucks. Those pussies. I've been having panic attacks myself thanks to my own circumstances. Most important thing is to not let it paralyze you. Yeah, I've had a few panic attacks myself. They are not fucking fun. And but yeah, we can we can talk about how to deal with those too, or how I deal with them. Uh, thanks, Tobias. I hope you're doing okay, man. Because I know you're having that uh, that surgery. I hope uh, I hope you're doing okay. I appreciate your all your support, man. 
Um, Arbiter's mom says, you see Ross's video games as a service is fraud. Yeah, I, I didn't watch the video yet, but I know Ross Scott just posted a huge ass video of him talking about games as a service, which I'm not entirely sure what that means. I'm guessing it's like games that are built on subscription models and like games that are online only and like in order to play the games that you own you have to not only buy the initial copy but also to pay a regular fee to keep playing it so that would be a gaming as a service so something you perpetually pay for as opposed to just paying a flat fee at the beginning and then you get to do whatever you want with the game I mean I don't know I don't know where the line is drawn on that exactly like is is a game with a multiplayer subscription service uh, a game as a service is it is it game is it a game as a service if it's like the campaign is restricted to or if there's just no fucking campaign to speak of like Activision did with Black Ops 4 which is just like multiplayer and battle royale only which I thought was lame I I always I enjoy the Call of Duty campaigns. I like them. But anyway. Um Thanks Arbiter's mom. Um Lone Star says, "Great to see you again, John. I want to mention this YouTube poop titled Peter Man 1 by Jimmy Davis and it was some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. You should check it out when you have the time." Peter Man 1. Okay, I'll try to remember. You might have to remind me in the chat. Peter Man 1. Uh, thanks, Lone Star. I really appreciate it, man. Goofy says, What do you feel is your best work outside of Arby and the Chief? How do you feel about One Life Remaining looking back? Uh... Outside of Arby and the Chief, jeez, I don't know. I I think I I think I do consider Arby and the Chief my best thing that I've done overall. Uh, and I, I'm really proud of this new show that I'm working on. To be honest, that uh, that I'm gonna show you the premiere of later in the broadcast. I think it's I think it turned out really funny, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what you guys think. I hope you guys find it funny. How do you feel about one life remaining looking back? Uh, as I said plenty of times before, I'm not really a fan because there's a major, uh, what do you call it, a dissonance between the Halo visuals and assets and environments with the story. Because the story of One Life Remaining just ignores the fact that everyone's in a suit of armor in a video game. <laughs> uh, whereas Arby and the Chief embraces the fact and it plays with it and it's a, it factors into the plot. So I find Arby and the Chief much more tolerable looking back on, on that overall. But anyway, yeah. Thanks a lot, Goofy. Chief Chizzy says, I'll pay you to make me feel something. You should put out some hairstyle tips on your second YouTube channel. I like Judas Priest. 
Rush sucks. <laughs> uh, I've listened. I think I'm trying to remember Judas Priest songs. Which ones I've heard? I think I like Judas Priest. Uh, I like Rush too. I think I like Rush more than Judas Priest. So we disagree on that. But uh, hairstyle tips. Fuck, man. I just shave it off pretty much. I did something different this time. I cut my own hair. I used a trimmer on my own hair. And I did like a fade thing where I left some length on the top. I didn't do that before. But uh turned out all right, I thought. But whatever. It's just... Just giving everyone more opportunities to call me bald. There's a difference between being bald and cutting your hair short, okay? Motherfuckers. Anyway. Thanks, Chief Chizzy. Uh, Coincidence says, John, what's your least favorite episode of the show? Uh, My least favorite episode of the show... Whatever it is, it's probably not one of the, the, the like the serialized seasons, like seasons five to eight, because like, like every every episode is so integral to each of those seasons, the season that they're in. You know what I mean? Um, if I had a least favorite episode, it would probably be somewhere in seasons one to four. But I, I honestly can't think because I, I really tried to make all of them good. I think probably uh, season two, episode one, Cold, where they f- they play with the new maps, including Cold Storage. I think that was Halo 3. But yeah, I, may- I think that one wasn't very funny. It wasn't as funny as the other ones anyway. That was probably one of the more lame ones that I did. But I think that one still had its moments. Well, the L.A. season, yeah, was terrible, but that wasn't me. That was fucking machinima. Almost spilled coffee all over myself there. Good stuff. Anyway... Thanks, coincidence. Uh, Brent Music says, Job, did you ever end up getting a side John? <laughs> Interchaining, interchanging John and Job. I love it. And I feel like you get more super chats when you stream less because we can all save up money. You're probably right, Brent. Um, I did get some work on the side, but nothing long term so far anyway. I'm still putting out applications now and then if I see a position for a video editor or a graphic designer or whatever. But I did find some work uh, as a video editor doing a VR commercial, which I can't talk about that yet. I signed an NDA, but I I do plan to talk about that a little bit later on when I have permission to. And uh, I am editing some yoga videos for a client. That's another thing I'm doing. So I got some side things going on just now. Um, I'm I'm registered with this dispatch agency that notifies me of uh, contract jobs. And I might have something lined up for May. We'll see. But uh, those those jobs can vary from, you know, just 
helping someone move shit from one office to another for like a day or sometimes it could be like a two-month contract where I'm I'm the like an AV specialist for like a a group doing talks at various locations and it would be my job to like hook up the AV right so like you know getting their PowerPoint presentation or whatever it is and then making sure it hooks up to the projector correctly and and then you know briefly announcing like introducing the people over the microphone like on stage or whatever so that's another example but anyway i've just got uh i've i've just got uh a a video editing job on the side right now but uh but uh that's temporary so yeah i've a lot of a lot of this month most of this month i've been working on rb and the chief i've been i've made a lot of progress on that I've actually made enormous progress on episode 14 and 15 and the whole rest of the season overall. I mentioned earlier on Twitter that uh, I now have a rough outline of every single shot that's left in season eight. And there's about, there's a very rough figure, but it's like 1,200 shots left. So like from, from where the story is now to the very last shot of season eight, I have it all roughly outlined. But again, that's a very rough figure because when you start going into the fine details of each scene and writing dialogue, a bunch of times this happens where I'm writing dialogue for a character and then I realize, oh shit, I'm missing a scene. I need a scene between this scene and that scene where to bridge a certain gap, whatever, you know. So, uh, so yeah, I've got a rough... I've I've got a rough draft of episode 14 that I'm combing through right now and uh it won't be too long until I finalize it. Um so episode 14 I think will come out a lot quicker than it took episode 13 to come out. Episode 13 took a long time because I was really adjusting the trajectory of the whole season. I took a lot of time with that. But uh, but now that's that's because I spent all that time then I can spend less time on that now, you know, because I have a much better idea now than before of where exactly the season is going to be by the end. So, um, so yeah, I'm just combing through episode 14 and I'm hoping to finish the script for that in maybe by the end of May, I'll have a finished episode 14 script and then I can start shooting it. So, I mean, if if I can even get episode 14 out in June or July, that'll still be way quicker than than uh, than how long it took episode 13 to come out. So. So, yeah, there you go. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Brent Music. Uh, there, there really isn't a lot like there. I got. I still got more big episodes planned. Like the the episodes to come are going to be long. I don't think as long as episode thirteen. That was that was pretty fucking long. That was like an hour and forty minutes. But these ones are going to be probably like, I'm guessing episode fourteen. It's hard to say right now, but it'll maybe be a little under an hour, like maybe fifty minutes, or maybe over an hour. I really I really don't know yet. But uh, 
in the in this in the grand scheme of like the whole season so far, like how long all the episodes have been, like the amount of hours that exists right now of season eight. I don't know. Must it's like how long is season eight in total so far as of right now? Like probably like eight hours at least. I don't know. Something like that. But yeah, like in the grand scheme of that, there's, there's a few hours to go still, but we're past the halfway point, you know, maybe even, maybe even past the two thirds point. Like we're we're approaching the end now. Like maybe not in episode fourteen, but in episode fifteen, there's a there's a scene in episode fifteen that's huge. It's not obvious that it's huge because it's just the toys talking, but it's what they talk about in the scene where it kind of it brings everything together. And it's there's a moment in that scene where you realize like, oh, this is what the whole season has been about. Like this, it's all culminating to this. Like this is the dilemma of the season. And uh, so yeah, there's going to be that moment where it all clicks, and then there's still I'm still going to be tr- looping the present day story back into the the flash forward in the premiere of season eight. So you remember the, the thing with Claire and the memorial service and the toys at the service and they're, they, they're planning something. You don't know what it is yet, but it's something that's that scene is still in play. I haven't ignored that scene. I haven't forgot about that scene. That scene is still in play. And the, the intention is to build events towards that scene. So Yeah. It was a flash forward and eventually the the current story will build up to that moment and you'll see that moment in the present day, not as a flash forward anymore. So and then there's after that is like the that's like the the the, the home stretch. So that's where shit hits the fan. And I want to build up to this insane finale. So So anyway, there you go. I've rambled on about that enough, I think. So, thank you, Brent Music. I appreciate it, man. I hope you guys, I hope you guys are excited for the rest of our being the chief, and uh, you won't be sad when it ends. And I want to make it a really satisfying ending. So I hope you guys are stoked about that. I want to make it as good as I can. Anyway, uh, moving on here. Chief Chizzy says, "What do you think of Donnie Darko?" What about Scarface? Those are my two favorite movies. Do you like porn, bro? That's my other favorite movie. Porn. <laughs> Great. Uh, Donnie Darko. Yeah, that's a good movie. I like it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, it's cool. Uh, I love Scarface. I've seen that. I've seen that at least a dozen times. That's a great fucking movie. I love it. And porn is great. Who doesn't like porn? I agree. Porn is my favorite movie, too. Thanks, Chief Chizzy. Redacted Radical says, John, it's terrific to see you at it with the podcast again. Honestly, could you charge me while you work? Man's got to eat, right? Love everything you do and been a long time. 
best wishes. Peace. Oh, thanks, man. Charge you while you're at work? Is that what you said? Well, you're sending me money already, so I question the need to. But sure, I'll, I'll send you an invoice. Why not? Thanks, Redacted Radical. Asfart Dinglestein says, we need a new meme for job stream. Any ideas, guys? A new meme? I don't know. Whatever it is, don't make fun of me. Make it something cool. Thanks, Asfart. Rivers 727 says, did you see the episode 9 trailer? Oh, yeah. The Star War. Uh, gotta say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that jazzed up about it, you know? I saw the trailer, and I was like, eh, okay, I'll go see it, I guess, but, uh, I'm not really stoked. I didn't have the same feeling, I don't have the same feeling for Star Wars Episode Nine that I did for Avengers Endgame. I was genuinely looking forward to Endgame, I was excited about it. But yeah, episode nine, I'm, I could take it or leave it. They called it, they're calling it the rise of Skywalker, which obviously there's a play on, there's a double meaning there because I think it's leading people to believe that Luke Skywalker will be revived. But then like the, what's his name? The, who's the Darth Sidious? He's back now for some reason. They're just like resuscitating all these old or dead characters for the sake of just for the sake of bringing them back for a ninth movie. And uh, I don't like the retconning. Just like undermining the themes of the old movies by like resuscitating dead characters. But maybe it'll be cool anyway. I don't fucking know. Whatever. I'll still go see it. Um, but it, yeah, the double meaning thing. So I think its intention is to lead people to believe that Luke will come back somehow. But then I think the other meaning is that Ray will find out that she's a Skywalker, which I think, which I think undermines her arc. I think it's I think it's better for the the themes of the new trilogy to have a main character like Rey who doesn't have she doesn't have any kind of special background that justifies why she can do the things she does you know what i mean it's like why does somebody have to be a skywalker to like be able to use the force proficiently like i that was something i liked about the last jedi where that rey and Kylo have that moment where they're talking and he tells her that she doesn't come from any special family. She's essentially a nobody. And I, I, I thought that was a great message because the message there is that you don't have to, you don't have to come from greatness to be great. Right. And so I, I think that's a positive thing to, to, that's a positive message to spread. But what this last movie seems to be doing is like revealing that she's a Skywalker after after all. And then it's like, oh, so she wasn't a nobody. So I guess you have to be 
you have to belong to a special family in order to like make something of yourself and make a difference in the world. But anyway, that's what I think about Star Wars. So there you go. Episode 9, I'll, I'll still go see it. I'm a fan of the Star War. I haven't seen Solo yet either. I heard that was okay. Uh, where am I? I lost my spot again. Hang on. Kiro says, Hi, John. What is your opinion on the endgame scene where Captain Marvel gets foot-banged and bucocade by Thanos's, Thanos's army and his large alien dick? Yeah, that was that was an epic scene. I don't think it needed to last four hours. But uh, to each their own, you know? Uh, Captain Marvel I want to talk about. Does does anybody here care about Captain Marvel spoilers? Can I talk about Captain Marvel and how much I thought it was... I didn't think it was lame. Completely. I did think it... There were big part. There were major parts of it that were lame. But uh, I thought it was not good, but okay at best. So if I talk about Captain Marvel... Will anybody care about spoilers? I mean, seriously, it's like not only the worst entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but like it's the most pointless movie out of all of them. But that's only because I hate whamming. 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 I hate whamming. So that means I hate Captain Marvel. No, I'm kidding. But uh, I did. I didn't. I wasn't bored by Captain Marvel, but uh, it got something. It did something really wrong. The biggest Captain Marvel's biggest problem is that the character Captain Marvel doesn't have any fucking flaws in the movie. Seriously, the only flaws she has in that movie are the fact that other men are oppressing her. And then she stops making them oppress her, and then she frees her true power or whatever, and then that's it. That's her arc. There's nothing... There's no personal flaw that she has to, like, struggle to overcome, you know? It's just, like, other people treating her like shit that she has to overcome. There's, like, it's, there's, it's missing a personal ingredient. You know, and it's it's they did set up something that they could have used right in Captain Marvel because there's like a there's a line near the beginning of the movie. There's like a conversation between two characters where it's suggested that Brie Larson's character. I can't remember her name in the movie, but uh, she has a temper. And she lets her emotions get the better of her sometimes. Even though, like, she, her performance throughout the entire movie is pretty flat. So it's hard. It's, there's, like, a misalignment there. It's like, you're telling me she's an emotional person, but she's not really displaying much emotion throughout the movie. I didn't hate her performance as much as a lot of people seem to, but... Um, 
but uh, it was a very flat performance overall. But there there was a conversation there where it was, where it was suggested that she she uh, didn't have a good handle on her temper, and they they the movie could have done something with that, you know. Because they, they set up that she has a temper, right? So they could have had a scene where, like, after she gets her powers back and she's, like, shooting lasers at everything, there could have been a scene where, like, she gets too carried away with it and then she causes a bunch of destruction, maybe unintended, and then she kind of realizes the error of her, or error of her ways and then this the her arc in the story becomes that she has to learn how to rein in her newfound power, right, and use it combined with discipline which that could have been great that would have elevated the movie from okay to not only good but potentially really good um but that's not what happened like her arc in the movie is literally like she has some fucking chip on her head that like suppresses her real power and her arc in the movie is destroying that chip and then her powers are freed and once she has her powers, she just shoots lasers at everything, and then the day is saved, and she doesn't learn anything. And you know that that, well, to me, it's very clear that that was ideologically motivated, right? I have a huge problem with that, because I think the filmmakers, the the people behind that movie, were, were too afraid to give that character any flaws because they felt it would be too damaging to the feminist political movement you know or it's just like oh no captain marvel can't have any flaws because you know we don't want to imply that there's there's any flaws in this current wave of social media feminism that's happening right now and i th- i think that's a huge mistake I mean that that's when you that's when you jump from telling a a a, a relatable story about a, a human character to that's when you jump into ideological territory where it's like you've made up your mind about what it is you want the movie to be and you're being dishonest about the way you're telling the story right and you you render the character unrelatable like if the character has no fucking flaws like it's hard for me to care about the character because humans are inherently flawed and it's a character's flaws that make them interesting so captain marvel to me was an it was a it was an effort in ideological filmmaking which i am not on board with and i think it's dishonest um but i wasn't i wasn't bored in the movie i was entertained enough i thought it was competently shot like I thought the way it sh- it was shot was fine. I had some problems with the editing, but nothing to nothing major. Uh I I was able to follow along with what was happening. Uh there are parts where I laughed. I laughed at the old people, the sh- the old people shapeshifters, her beating up the old lady, that was pretty funny. Um what else did I like? I liked all the 90s computer gags and how slow all the computers were because that that was pretty authentic and reminded me of using computers in the 90s and that sh- that should made me laugh that was pretty funny um but uh yeah and the thing at the end with like retconning the the first avenger thing 
like Captain America was the first Avenger. I mean, that was the subtitle of his fucking movie, his first movie. But then at the end of Captain Marvel, you learn that Captain Marvel was the real first Avenger because the word Avenger was like spray painted onto her fucking fighter jet or whatever that was. And then that's what gives Nick Fury the, the idea to call it the Avengers Initiative. And it was like named something stupid beforehand. It was like the, what was it? The the Protectors Initiative or something dumb like that. I'm putting together a team. It's called the Good Guys. <laughs> what do you think? I don't know. What about the Avengers? Hmm. Anyway, okay movie. That's that's the best I'll give it. It was okay. And I wasn't bored, and I laughed a few times. Uh, but I thought, I thought it was bad storytelling. And they should have given that character some flaws, and they should have made her interesting. Because she's not interesting. I don't care about Captain Marvel. And her powers are dumb. How she gets her powers... Like, there's just, there's some fucking plane engine that has this alien energy in it, and then she happens to shoot it with a ray gun, and the 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 engine blows up, and she absorbs the power that's in it, but it's not explained how her body can absorb the power, it just happens. And then all of a sudden, she's super powered, and she can shoot lasers at everything. And I'm just like, this wasn't set up. Like, what is it about her that makes her able to absorb all this crazy energy? Like, you need to explain this shit. It's, it's a very poor origin story for a character that's not fucking interesting. And I, I don't dislike Brie Larson. I actually, I like Brie Larson. She was, I think she's a great actress. She was great in uh, that movie Room. Uh, she's been in other shit besides that. And I think she was good in that stuff too. But, uh... Uh, I don't blame Brie for Captain Marvel. I blame I I blame bad writing and directing, and management at Disney or whatever. Whoever's fucking idea it was not to give Captain Marvel any flaws. That was dumb as fuck. Anyway, that's what I have to say about Captain Marvel. I hope you like. I hope you enjoyed my my review of Captain Marvel. There you go. Um and yeah, the Bukake scene was great. Thanks, Kiro. <laughs> uh, Shao Kahn Shoulder Charge says, no, I mean streaming it here. Oh, okay, yeah, so you're talking about uh, my my old guide to Halo 3 Machinima, which are super cringy. Uh, thanks, Shao Kahn. Played in the background says, I start threads on V saying you're based slash red-pilled. Paste and red build. Based and red pilled. That's all I ate today. Red pills. Delicious. What can I say? I'm awesome. Uh, threads on V always make me nervous. Because uh, I think uh, everyone on 4chan in general, across all the boards... They don't really like uh, YouTubers or e-celebrities. 
or whatever, you know? So I, I tend to think that automatically most people on 4chan hate me. But I'm always pleasantly surprised at uh, the amount of positive comments I get on 4chan threads about me or my stuff. I'm just like, wow, I thought they'd fucking tear me to shreds. Because they, they don't take kindly to most most YouTubers and e-celebrities. Not that I'm an e-celebrity, but I'm a YouTuber, so I kind of like fall into that category, I guess. I don't know. I must be some kind of epic narcissist if I'm here in front of a camera expecting people to listen to me. But there are people listening to me. People like enjoying, people like listening to what I have to say about things, which is great. I mean, I'm, I'm really glad people get a kick out of my streams, but yeah, everybody's spamming oneself and I will, I will get to that. Okay. I'll get to the thing. I want it. I don't want to do videos until the end because I want to, I want to segment this carefully. I don't want to mix in videos here and there throughout the broadcast because that just makes it a nightmare to cut up later on because I'm going to I'm going to isolate this stream into like podcast videos uh, and then the the premiere for my new show that I'll show you guys at the end. But uh, everybody really seems to dig this one self thing. Anyway, uh, supersonic speedy suicide. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Johnny boy. It's been so long. I got two years worth of semen built up just for your tummy, John Senpai. Oh, I already had a big lunch today. I don't know if I can have the room to douse it with semen, but I'll try. I'll try. God damn it. Thanks, supersonic. I can't wait to taste it. <laughs> Kyle Bertagna says, I finally did it. After four months of watching, I'm finally all caught up on See Me After Class episodes. Good to see you, John. Good God, really? Well, I congratulate you, sir. I think you're in a very... You're a very select few, the people who watch all my podcasts. I don't know if anyone's that much of a fan of me. Well, you are, obviously. But I don't know many others. Maybe. I don't know. Ariana says, also, Job, how's your job been? Uh, well, as I said, I've always, I've most, for the most part, I've been working on Arby and the Chief stuff, but I, I've had uh, some editing stuff work on the side. I'm still do. I've still got something on the side. I'm editing some yoga videos together for, for a client. And uh, that's fine. You know, it's just like uh, multi-camera setups and a, a voice track. And I just have to intercut between the footage of the two cameras and then cut up the voice track so it aligns with the action that's happening on screen. And then put some nice motion graphics at the start and the end and, you know. But... Uh, Thank you, Ariana. I appreciate it. Uh, Brandon Reza says, When you talk about depression and anxiety, could you also talk about illnesses such as bipolar disorder? Well, if I did, I wouldn't really be talking from experience because uh, 
I don't think I have bipolar disorder. I mean, I understand mood fluctuation, but I don't know if I'm if I'm the person to talk about bipolar disorder. Um, I really don't know what to say about it. But I, I've got plenty to say on depression and anxiety because I know how I know what it feels like and I know how to deal with it. Um. But anyway, uh, you know what I want to do is I want to go pee. And I want to go pee and I want to come back and then uh, we'll keep. I'll, I'll come back and we'll talk about depression and anxiety. And then because uh, I want to jump into that, but uh, I have to pee too bad and I can't think straight. So I'll go pee and then come back and then we'll talk about depression and anxiety and then we'll finish off the super chats. And then we'll talk about some of the some more of the stuff that I had on my list. So I hope you guys are cool with that. You don't mind uh, waiting. For, just give me a few minutes to to go pee, okay? Okay. And uh, I will be back soon. Thanks everyone for waiting. I hope this works. I, I reconfigured a bunch of stuff. It took hours, but uh, hopefully, if I press this button here, it'll go into standby mode. So. Uh, Thanks for your patience and I'll I'll put some I'll put some music on while we're away. Burb burb right back. Hello. Welcome to Soviet Podcast. The only podcast in Russia. I'm working on my accents. Rush, Russian's one of them. Stereotypical Russian men. And my Japanese. <laughs> Japanese stereotypey. Oh, shit. Oh, you motherfuckers. Okay, you got me. No audio. Yeah, I'm on to your joke already. Fuck you. I already know it's working. Um, all right, where were we? Okay, so depression and anxiety. (sighs) What do I want to say about depression and anxiety? You know what? I wrote uh, I wrote a post that sums up that sums up a bunch of things. Okay, people are still spamming this one self thing. What do you guys? Okay, I'm not. I'm gonna put my foot down here. I'm not doing video stuff yet. I'll do video stuff later, like stuff that involves me playing things that are potentially have or contain copyrighted material. But um, if you guys would rather that I didn't talk about depression and anxiety right right now and talked about something else I can if you want but uh, if you guys want me to talk about it then I'd be happy to and I have a, a post that I wrote a couple weeks ago that I think sums up a bunch of my feelings um, I'm just going to bring it up you remember that thing I wrote about uh 
about uh, what was it? The Gillette ad, the toxic masculinity thing. Not many people disliked that, but a few did. And uh, I got some mean comments on there. One, one guy was like, uh, "Who would have who would have thought the guy who plays with toys for a living is a literal retard?" <laughs> and there's no there's no counter argument to what I had said about the Gillette ad and the toxic masculinity horseshit. And I'm just like, "Wow, dude! Great, really compelling argument, cocksucker! I never thought of it that way, you know." Good job. But yeah, that's that's the kind of comments I got last time I I read out something that I wrote. But uh, we'll we'll see what you guys think of this this thing. Um Okay, so here's here's a social media post that I wrote as a kind of a way of articulating my thoughts and dealing with the, the anxiety I was feeling at the time. All right. So tell me what you think of this. I haven't posted on social media in a while. I feel like I've blown a fuse or something. I usually try to write funny things, but I just haven't been feeling like it. The future feels more uncertain now than ever to me. So many people divided on many important and complicated issues while approaching an event horizon. Technology throwing too many variables into reality for us to accurately calculate what will come. Remember those goofy four-legged Boston Dynamics robots? They got those things operating blades and firearms, performing stealth infiltration, and doing parkour like Spider-Man now. Somehow hilarious, but also very, very not funny. I'm one of those guys who's worried about artificial intelligence and the fact that major breakthroughs are happening as we speak and more are imminent. Data collection is out of control. We're on the verge of adopting a cashless, anonymously transferable currency which opens up an entirely new world of regulation and cybersecurity issues. We now have our first photograph of a black hole. Mass interplanetary travel doesn't seem far off. Along with all this, I see that we as people are collectively in a crisis of faith and at odds in seeking the correct way to conduct ourselves in life. We have so much potential right now, and I feel we could grow in a fantastic direction or, equally likely, topple into catastrophe. I don't think the end of the world is coming tomorrow, but I also don't consider the possibility of a very scary civilizational collapse to be a reality limited to history and black and white footage. We need to be careful, and I believe everybody's best option for proceeding carefully is being willing to speak and listen to everybody else. I've been thinking about all this a lot and many other things and struggling with my mood. A lot of people don't consider me a miserable person, but I deal with depression pretty regularly. Some days it's like dying a slow death by a million mice nibbling at your soul, one small bite at a time. I tend not to share my experiences. I handle it well enough on my own most days. I've learned a few tricks. Uh, this is where I start talking about something a little... Uh, I, start, I start talking here about an email somebody sent me. It was, a, it, was a, it was a serious email that someone wrote 
to me and the person was on the verge of suicide. Uh, I don't mention the person's name. If that person is here right now, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to reveal who you are. Uh, but it, it's something I do want to talk about because it is something that made me feel a, mi a weird mix of emotions. And uh, and I, d I don't mean to make light of the way you, you were, f that the person who wrote the email was feeling at the time either. But uh, here we go. Um, I've made videos on YouTube for a long time and have an audience from which I get numerous emails sent to me. At the end of a particularly bad day, I got an email from somebody on the verge of suicide. He strongly implied that I was his last point of contact before his inevitable death. I was ambivalent immediately, between empathy and anger towards him. Anger because I felt it was unfair of him to put that on me. But I saw that he was desperate, and people don't behave ideally when they're desperate. He felt neglected by his family and friends, and doomed to, be, to being a failure in employment and romance, and was seeking helpful advice from 4chan which might be one of the dumbest things one could possibly do. Again, I'm not making fun of the guy, but come on, man. You can't go to 4chan for something like that. Anyway, I emailed him back and told him first off to seek help from a qualified professional, if not his family. I questioned his claim of his family truly being indifferent to him were he to reach out to them for help, which happens, but is it pretty extreme. I told him he should do what I tried to do, what I think every individual should try to do. Wake up every morning with a goal and confront the day, good or bad, with confident posture and speech, like a dignified human being with something positive to offer the world should. And everybody does have something positive to offer, even if they don't know what it is yet. I told him to get a haircut, get a gym membership, or work out at home. I told him to think critically about what it is he thinks that his friends don't, don't like about him that are the cause of them distancing themselves from him and to either train himself to stop doing those things or find new friends if those things aren't negative. And it doesn't matter what field you're in or how shit your job is. You can strive to be the best at the thing you're doing and people around you will recognize that and remember you. Maybe you suck at your job in which case you should probably consider finding something else to do. But even then you can bring positivity to, to those around you just by being kind. The consequences of positivity and negativity both ripple throughout reality and time, and every person needs to decide which they're going to emit. Anyway, when I was feeling abysmal, I managed to remedy my own mood in the process of responding to someone on the verge of suicide, hopefully doing the same for him. It was like two negatives making a positive, which is a profound thing. I'm not saying two wrongs make a right, but I believe good things can come from a place from which it seems nothing of good can come. Just like the Big Bang at the start of everything. I could go on and on, but I felt like writing something for others I'm sure have been feeling the same or a similar concern and hopelessness, and want to let them know that it's okay for them to be feeling what they're feeling, just like I am. That's often the figurative spade that I use to dig myself out of my mental holes. That no one person can escape the pain of reality no matter how well off they, they appear. And there's a lot of people in the world feeling the same things all the time, have felt them throughout history, and will for probably, probably a long time. We're goal-oriented we're goal creatures 
that require a sense of purpose and belonging, created to endure pain, respond to it, and grow from it. And we're all in this together. There you go. That's it. Rant over. There's there's my thing that I wrote. So that, that I wrote that during a particularly bad day, and I was trying to, to deal with my own feelings. And uh, I know there's there's a shitload of people who feel the same, the exact same things, you know. That was what, uh, this, you know, what I was saying about how that's how I often dig myself out of these holes, is that you have to, you have to remember that you're we're all in, in the same boat, you know, like the 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 things that you feel that I feel, that are so terrible sometimes. They're not exclusive to you or anybody. They're, they are things felt by everybody. It's part of the human experience, and it's not something you can escape from if you are to exist. Because I think uh, there's a degree of suffering that is inherent to being on this earth, and you just have to ride it out. And more importantly, grow from it, you know? Because it's through pain that inspires growth right and I think there's there's it's it's damaging to encourage people constantly that they're fine the way they are you know because it leaves no room for improvement and I don't think that's what we're here to do we're not here to be self-satisfied we're here to we're here to improve ourselves to grow as 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 people you know to enrich ourselves and uh, I think that's that's kind of the one of the cruxes of what so many people are divided on. I think there's a big movement of people right now who are trying to uh, eliminate all bad feelings from from life, you know. But I don't think that's possible because that's not what life's about, and it's not the way reality manifests itself, you know. Uh, in other words, it's it's ideology, it's ideological, to to think. I think it's naive to think that life could be such a way that there's no, there's nothing. You can't avoid bad feelings, you know. That's what that movie. That's why I like that movie Inside Out so much. You know, you guys, you guys saw that movie, the Pixar movie, right? where like every person has memories right and for the first half of the movie you're under the impression that good memories are good and sad memories are bad but you learn later on that the real bad thing is not feeling anything at all you know and happy and sad memories are both two sides of the same coin which you can't get rid of the coin. The coin is there no matter what. You know, this the, the figurative coin I'm talking about here, it's got two sides to it, happiness and, and sadness. There's bliss and there's pain on the, you know, on either side. And one can't exist without the other because one defines the other, you know? That's the whole yin and yang thing, right? And this is the kind of shit that it's at the core of season eight, honestly. Uh, R being the chief. This, uh, I mean, the imagery is already in there. The yin and yang thing and uh, the, the presence of good and evil throughout 
history throughout life and that one will never go away because one defines the boundaries of the other, right? But anyway, anyway, that's, I think for the most part, people approve of my little rant there, but uh, I hope I'm not boring anybody. I know I was hoping this podcast would be a lot funnier than it has been so far. I've gotten some good jokes, a, a couple maybe good jokes, but uh, but I, I hope you guys I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope some of you uh, got s- extracted something of value from that. You know, and I know every people like to say I'm just ripping off Jordan Peterson, but uh, I'm not. I'm I'm not trying to. Like if, if 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 somebody says something that I consider to be true, like I mean, how how are you supposed to like just because somebody comes to a correct conclusion and I repeat the same thing, that means I'm copying them automatically and not just saying like, yeah, what he's saying is right. Not saying absolutely everything, but definitely the the yin and yang stuff. I'm totally on board with that. You know, I think uh, there's good and bad in life. There's good and evil. And they both we they both need to be acknowledged. And in order to be good in this world, you need to know what bad is so you can avoid it. Right. Because if it's if it's not defined or ill defined, not defined properly, then that that is the route to moral relativism where good and evil are just labels, right? And therefore meaningless. So how do you conduct yourself in a world where good and evil are simply labels? You know, how do you live a life that is good? Because presumably you still care about living a life that is good. Even if, if you're somebody who doesn't believe in good and evil, I would presume that if if you have any, if you're rational at all, that you would want to conduct yourselves in a way that you approve of and people around you approve of, which would be considered good, right? But but how do you define good? Is it just what brings you personally happiness? I mean, you could define it as whatever benefits you that doesn't come at the expense of other people. But then if you think that good and evil are just labels, then... What do you care if something that makes you happy comes at the expense of another person, right? You know, so maybe hedonism is 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 the true path of good, you know, and you just say fuck everyone else. I'm gonna I'm gonna live life for me, you know, and then that's that's how you get to human secularism, where you know it's just like there there is no God we are God because we're the only ones we can see in here. So let's just worship us and whatever we do is great. Whatever makes us feel good is great. Just do what feels good in the moment and don't think about the long term and just, just focus on fulfilling your immediate urges and desires, you know, and that's a good life. But is it, it's a complicated question, right? Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, that's what I think. And I am a great admirer of Jordan Peterson, but, uh, 
but uh, I'm not I don't see it as just copying what he's saying I think he just happens to say a lot of things that I think is right is correct you know and so what else am I supposed to do am I supposed to say the wrong what I think is wrong just for the sake of standing out if I could come to a better conclusion I would I would I would say that instead but you know and it's not just him I listen to I listen to a bunch of people who are ah fuck I don't know I don't want to bore people maybe I've talked about this enough already but uh, I guess this is a good opportunity to talk about the Peterson and Zizek thing did you guys did you guys uh, did you guys watch that debate between Marxism and capitalism I wasn't impressed to be honest I mean that that was that was something I didn't uh, I didn't really agree with Jordan's conduct on because I think Jordan could have been much better prepared for that debate. But I think they both could have to be, to be honest. I don't think either of them really got anywhere. Jordan was just saying a, a lot of the talking points he said already, and Zizek, I really like Zizek, but then he ended up revealing himself as not really a Marxist after all. But the name of the debate was communism or Marxism versus capitalism. So it's like, there was this really underwhelming feeling of like two, two, uh, well, one philosopher and one psychologist coming together to, to have this debate once and for all. And then it was, it was revealed that Zizek wasn't even a, a Marxist himself. He was more of an, an Engels guy. And uh, and there was this sense where it was just like, did, we, did this debate really need to happen? I mean, it sounds like this debate wouldn't even have happened if you guys had just maybe exchanged an email or two beforehand and then gotten a sense of where you each were in, in terms of your position on the debate. Like you would have realized that it wasn't necessary to hold the debate to begin with because because Zizek wasn't even a Marxist and they happened to agree on a lot of different things. And so it's just like, why, why are we all here? <laughs> and uh, I, have, I have a lot of respect for both the guys, Zizek and Peterson. And I, I admire them both for going on stage, but uh, I think the debate didn't really go anywhere. I thought I thought it was really unnecessary. And uh, I mean, I I hope that there's a proper debate on the same subject at some point, you know, with pe two people who know what they're talking about on both sides. But uh, I really I really don't like all the media the media slinging mud at both sides. I mean, they're they're either making fun of Peterson because like because of his postmodern neo-Marxist catchphrase, or the fact that he says the same talking points over and over, even though they're both they're not wrong. He is repetitive though, but like that's that's no reason to like that's not ammunition to use to undermine him, you know, just because he's repeating himself. Is is the idea incorrect or not? Right. And then Zizek. People are making fun of Zizek because he looks like a trash panda. <laughs> looks like he just crawled out of a laundry hamper. 
and you know he's his hair and his beard are messy and he's like schlubby or whatever but i mean that's that's just so fucking stupid that's just forget what he looks like you know just concentrate on his fucking ideas how about that i read this vice article on the debate and like a lot of the article was just commenting on what the audience members looked like and what the two guys looked like and how they were dressed and how they were poised on stage and it's just like who fucking gives a shit about this stuff how about the ideas that they're talking about what what do you think of that you know uh anyway that's that's my thoughts on the debate i thought it was a i appreciated it but i thought it was a big waste of time yeah vice is stupid i don't know i'm just i i'm fascinated by how how many people like take vice seriously not just Vice. There's a, there's so many media outlets that are just fucking garbage, on both sides too. I'm not just talking about left leaning ones. I'm talking about the right leaning ones as well. They both indulge in this like mudslinging back and forth, and it's just not beneficial. Because when when you're when you're hyperbolically hostile like that, no matter what side you're on on whatever the issue is, you're just encouraging people not to like talk to the other side. You know, I don't I don't like this, like rallying up hatred for the other side on both sides to the point where nobody wants to talk and then nobody gets anywhere. And then it's just everybody's bitter and angry (laughs) and nobody's listening to each other. It's just stupid. And I, I, I'm really sick of it. About as sick as you guys probably are of listening to me talk about this. So how about we how about we move on here? I'll stop boring you with you with my postmodernist shit. And uh let's let's move on. We'll finish we'll try and finish off the super chats here. But uh there are those were things that I I did want to mention and uh I appreciate you guys listening, even if you were bored. I'm not doing Sonic yet. I haven't seen the Sonic trailer yet, but I will watch it just later because I don't want to do videos right now. I want to just talk about stuff. If that's okay, assuming that I have permission to talk on my own podcast. Uh, Okay, where were we on the chat here? Okay, so depression and anxiety. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I read that thing. Uh, that thing that I wrote. And, uh, yeah, so the way that I often get myself out of these things is just that I remember that we're all in the same boat. We're all in this together, you know? And nobody nobody can escape these negative feelings. Everybody feels them from time to time. Some people need medication to manage it. You know, it's worse for some people than others. But I think everybody just needs to remember they're not alone. That's the most important thing, you know. And if and if, if you are f- feeling bad just like everyone else is feeling bad, then all of a sudden it's like, it's like, what's the point in wasting so much time feeling bad? You know what I mean? And then sometimes I have this, I feel this dread like something terrible is going to happen. But then the way I kind of shake that dread off is that I look back and I remember the amount of days that have passed 
where nothing bad really happened. And then it makes forces me to come to the conclusion of, well, what are you worried about? Why should today be any different than the the thousands of other days that have come and gone where you thought something bad was going to happen and it didn't, it was fine, you know? But n- all of a sudden now something terrible is going to happen. Like how much time are you going to waste worrying about terrible things that are not going to happen? And that that actually, that works for me. That makes me feel better. All of a sudden I feel like this weight lift off me and I'm just like, ugh. But I, I have to I have to keep reminding myself, you know? It's it's not just like you block it out once and then it's gone forever. Like it always comes back, but then it always creeps back in. But then you have to like, you have to remind yourself of, of the fact that you're not alone in this world and you're not the only one feeling these things. And then that keeps the feelings at bay. So you just, you know, you got to come up with ways to remind yourself little mental tricks where it's just like, whenever you're feeling this, always remember this, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, there you go. And uh, panic attacks, yeah. I don't know how many of you have ever experienced a panic attack. Oh, is, is my camera out of focus? No, it isn't. Shut up. <laughs> um. So, p- panic attacks are really fucking scary because you think you're going to die every time it happens. And it doesn't get any easier. But, except, the only thing that makes it easier is that if it keeps happening, you can, and when if you're experiencing one and it's happened in the past to you already, then... You can just say to yourself, well, I've had it plenty of times before and I'm still here now. So why should today be any different? It's kind of like what I was just saying about depression and anxiety. It's like, why am I wasting so much time feeling this dread when so many days have passed where nothing, what what I was so worried might happen didn't happen at all. And it's this kind of the same thing with panic attacks. It's just like, I didn't die the dozen, the dozen other times this happened. And so... I'm probably not going to die tonight either. So it's probably fine. But uh, it is fucking scary. And when I've, when I've, when I've had them, what I tend to do is uh, I have these weird ticks. Like if I was to have a camera on me while I was having a panic attack, it would look really fucking weird. I would be like scratching my head a lot and I would be scratching my leg to the point where I'm making my skin hurt and the idea is to distract my brain from the panic attack and make it focus on the pain that I'm experiencing on a surface level right or if I'm not scratching myself then I'll like I'll do some weird tick like I'll snap my fingers or I'll I'll shake my hand like this like I'm trying to shake something out of my wrist and that's kind of a way of using my physical senses to distract my brain from the dread that it's feeling and it actually it it tends to work for me so if that if that's of any of use to you guys if any of you guys are feeling that maybe try that the next time it happens you know just you have to 
find a way to short circuit your brain and distract it with some other powerful sensation. And then as you're distracted with the other thing, you'll find that your panic is subsiding. And, uh, I think, uh, if you if you visualize it as like the anxiety that you feel in your upper chest as like a giant hand that's kind of gripping your soul and squeezing it, if you just ima- if you just picture that hand and then kind of imagine it just loosening its grip and going away, if you kind of picture that in your head, you you might actually feel that visual if that makes any sense, like you you. You, you picture it in your mind as in some kind of oppressive way and then you picture that being alleviated and then the f- the physical sensations that you're feeling kind of dissipate along with it. It's hard to explain. But anyway, uh, they're, they're really fucking scary and I hate it when it happens and every time I'm... I cannot underestimate... or I cannot understate the fear. Like, it is so fucking scary. And, uh, but I've, I, I get a little better at dealing with it each time. And, uh, anyone else who suffers from them who might be in this chat, just know that, you know, you're in the same boat as a lot of people and there are ways of dealing with it. I've just mentioned a few and, uh, next time it happens to you, just try not to be scared. I know it's easier said than done, but, uh, just remember that you're still alive now. They haven't killed you yet. And so it's unlikely that it's going to kill you in this particular moment that it's happening. And, uh, yeah, just try and distract yourself with some kind of physical sensation. You know? But anyway, there you go. There's there's my bit on depression and panic attacks and shit. So I hope some of you found that useful. So let's let's move on to the th- finishing off the super chats here. And then af- after the super chats I'm going to take a quick look at the Streamlabs thing, make sure there's any uh, there's no donations on there that I missed. And then we'll talk about a few more things and then we'll move on to we'll mo- we'll move on to videos. So I lost my spot. Hang on. I'm just figuring out where we are. Kirkland Signature says, by the way, oneself is not a Discord project. Is it it's is it's its own thing. We just voice acted in it, but it's a good show and we think you'd like it too. You voice acted in it, but it's a it's its own thing? What does that mean? Oh, I guess we'll find out later on when we watch it. Anyway, thanks, Kirkland. Oneself. Just try and re- I'll I'll try and remember. Tobias Edwardson says, thanks, John. The surgery went well. I'm by no means cured, but it has re- it has reduced chances of complications. Focusing my mind on the game development. Been making strides. I may have emailed you about it. Oh, yeah. That's great, dude. I really liked, uh, I liked your demo. And your trailer, too. That was awesome. I really appreciate your support, man. Chief Chizzy says, spoil Cape Boys 5 villain man bad fan service. What the fuck? Spoil Cape Boys 5. 
Oh, is that your boiled down name for Avengers Endgame? I don't. I don't really. I don't want to spoil Endgame. For I feel like there's a bunch of people in here who haven't seen it and they want to see it and they don't want anything spoiled. So I'm not. Uh, let's let's talk about Endgame another day. We've got plenty of other things to talk about. I did like Avengers Endgame though, and I definitely uh, recommend. If you're a comic book fan and you want to see the end to the whole thing, it's a satisfying ending, and uh, it's 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 got some really stupid plot points. But if you overlook that, you'll find that it's very enjoyable, and uh, it has a lot of fun with its premise, and it does make some kind of logical. It does make some kind of sense in like a in like a visual slash emotional way, not in terms of logic or the way, uh, the time, time travel mechanics work, but you know, whatever. I mean, what's the point of shitting on a time travel movie because it doesn't get quantum mechanics exactly right. That always annoys me, you know, when like, People give a hard people give movies a hard time for dealing with quantum mechanics, and it's just like, what the fuck do you know about quantum mechanics? You got it all figured out, do you? Fucking loser. <laughs> anyway, go see Endgame. It's funny. It's fun and it's funny. It's really funny, actually. I was laughing quite a bit throughout the whole thing. Oh, what, I spoiled it with time travel? Everybody knew it was fucking time travel. How else are they all going to come back? Yeah, they're all dead forever. Even though another Spider-Man movie's already been fucking announced. Big spoiler. <clears throat> um, all right. Uh, moving on here. Jason D says, I thought chemotherapy was kind of faggy, to be honest. So I'm probably not going to enjoy your new toy review series. But all the white power to you, my dude. Taha. <laughs> you thought chemotherapy was faggy? What's so faggy about it? Was it the mask? Was it the character I was playing? How about some fucking constructive feedback where you narrow it, narrow in on a point? Is that is that is that the depth of criticism I get? It was faggy. <laughs> Great. I can really use that. Thanks. I'll keep that in mind for next time. I'll try and make it less faggy next time. Thanks, Jason D. Brent Music says, what's your plan post Arby and the Chief? Please don't leave us, Johnny boy. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to still make, I'd like to keep making videos because I just like video production and editing. But uh, I don't, maybe I'll take a break from doing something narratively driven in a long form like Arby and the Chief. Like maybe I'll just do something... I don't know. I'd I'd want to do something comedic, whatever it is. If I keep making stuff, if it's even if it's just reviews, or maybe some kind of something with camera and shutter snap, my film character. 
Anyway. I'll 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 do something. I'll figure something out. I'll still make content. I don't know what yet though. We'll we'll come we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Thanks, Brent Music. Superficial Serpent says, John, thoughts on Sanic the Hedge Doge tra <laughs> trailer. We'll watch the trailer. I haven't seen it yet. We'll get to it later. Okay. Thanks, Superficial Serpent. River727 says, Emperor is back because RJ screwed up and kills Snoke. Who's RJ? Ray? Oh, Rian Johnson. Emperor is back because Rian Johnson screwed up and killed Snoke. Oh right, yeah. So I guess they do need a big. They need. They do need a big bad. I forgot they killed that guy. Uh, bringing back uh, Darth Sidious seems stupid, but whatever. I'll still go watch it. Rivers seven twenty seven again says, but John JJ wrote drafts for eight and nine, and RJ was allowed to completely ditch the plan. JJ is back to fix Star Wars again. That's that's pretty lame. I mean, Rian Johnson wanted to do something different, and JJ Abrams is a very safe director. He's a very competent director. And I think Star Wars is overall in safe hands with him. I think he did a decent job with Star Trek as well. Um, I mean, there's definitely room for improvement in the Star Trek movies, but I thought they were okay. And I think J.J. Abrams is a fine director overall. He's made some movies I really like. I really liked Super 8. I thought that was great. But uh, I don't blame Rian Johnson for wanting to shake things up. But yeah, it's a shame that J.J. has to come back and fix the damage that was done, even though he had spent time outlining the three movies carefully. Because it is a trilogy, and there is something about this trilogy framework that's inherent to Star Wars that the franchise just hasn't been able to shake off, you know? Because, like, for everybody associates Star Wars with this, like, sequence of three movies, right? You have episode four, five, and six, which used to be one, two, and three. But now 1, 2, and 3 is the prequels, Lucas's prequels. And now you have 7, 8, and 9. And it's like you can't just do away with the, the trilogy format thing because there's something about it that's just strongly associated with Star Wars. And I, I don't think it's something they sh should necessarily have to adhere to. You know, There's nothing wrong with just making standalone movies in one universe. I mean, that's what Marvel has been doing. Marvel doesn't have the same problem where they have to, like, make movies and trilogies. Uh, whatever. I don't know. I don't fucking know, guys. I just don't know anymore. Thanks, River727. Vanderick says, Best part of Endgame was when Aquaman showed up and undressed Captain America in front of everyone. Yeah, that was a great scene. I agree. Thanks, Vanderick. Alexander Ross says, Hey, man, big big fan since I was in middle school. I'm 20 years old and just got promoted at work. Wondering if you have any anxiety tips for dealing with the unknowns in life, parentheses in general, and if you have any leadership experiences. Well, I think I've talked plenty about anxiety already. I hope you listen to that. But uh, leadership experiences... 
I uh, I was director and first assistant director on a few projects in film school, and uh, that shit's intense. Um, I I would rather not be in a position of leadership because I find I find positions like that enormously stressful. Because like um, I I was the first assistant director for like a multi-day outdoor shoot involving firearms in a residential area. And there was a lot to manage and keep track of. And I was responsible for everyone getting to set and getting home, having a ride home at the end of the day. And it was just a lot of logistics on top of making sure everybody's doing their job and everybody has what they need. And, you know, I was I was f- freaking out most of the day. I was pretty stressed out and I did not I couldn't enjoy myself, you know. But anyway. Um, oh shit, people are saying F. We're st- are we still online? We're still, we're still good, right? Okay, good. I think we're fine. Uh, okay, where were we? Hmm. Thanks, Alexander Ross. Really appreciate it, man. Kyle Bertagna says... Xanthar and his butt-raping armies versus Thanos with his infinity fister. <laughs> I love it. There's a screenplay. It writes itself. Thanks, man. Chief Chizzy says, Does YouTube still post porn filmed by flip phones? Who the fuck is still uploading flip phone videos? I don't know. Is YouTube doing that? I know YouTube had that weird, like, softcore... Or not... Like, uh... This borderline child porn ring that was as a a result of uh, one of YouTube's algorithms. And, uh... It was, like, very easy to access these, like, videos of, like, young kids... And they would like be doing gymnastics or whatever on video, and they'd like they'd be in these compromising positions where their shirt falls off or something, and people would freeze frame and post the timestamp in the comments, and then you'd have all these fucking creepy assholes like posting about it. How do you know of this, John? Because of the fucking viral video, it got like millions of views, and there was this one guy in particular who like. shown a spotlight on it and I heard about it through that guy and then I heard a bunch of press talk about it and uh, that's a fucking creepy thing I hope YouTube did something about that imagine having an algorithm that lets something like that happen it's creepy but yeah I know uh, I know YouTube had a problem with that I think they might have fixed that now but uh, porn filmed by flip phones I don't know about that But uh, thanks, Chief Chizzy. Chalky said hello. Says hello, John. Questions are threefold. One. One A. Oh wow! Even the even the the even the individual questions are broken down. One A. Important. <laughs> Does Arbiter feel tactile pleasure? Anything from nice head pat to sex. 
Um, that's not something I want to make concrete. Uh, that is something that's been left ambiguous throughout the show is what exactly the toys can feel and can't feel, you know, whether that's a physical sensation or whether it's something like hunger or like going to the bathroom. Cause I've shown the toys eating cereal, but I've never shown the toys taking a shit, but I have shown chief taking a piss. But I've never shown Arbiter taking a piss. Just because I think it's funnier to see Chief do it. Like, there's just certain... Like... I'll... I'll go one way or the other based on whatever is funny in the given scene. You know? So... I don't... I don't pay too much close attention to, like, the continuity of things like that. You know? Or I just, uh, I leave it intentionally kind of vague where you're not sure. Like, do they shit off camera? Like, they can eat stuff, so how do they eat? Like, do they feel touch? And the implication is that they do feel pain because there has been, there has been instances throughout the show where, like, Chief will hit Arbiter or Arbiter will hit his head on something and you'll say, ow, or Chief will, like, say, ow, when he gets hit by something or someone. Mm. so yeah just uh whatever works for this the individual scenes and whatever's whatever makes the scene funnier at the time i'd rather not i'd rather not answer the specifics of that or lay out the specifics of how that all works i think it's something that's should be left kind of with uh in this shroud of uncertainty uh, B, do they even have working genitalia? Uh, well, like I said, Chief can piss, but I've never seen Arbiter. I've never shown Arbiter pissing. But I think there is a, there's, I've encouraged this idea that Chief has a huge dick and he pisses from it. But, uh, but you never see it. And, um, yeah, so I'd rather not answer those questions. I'd rather not confirm one way or the other. Besides, I just don't consider it that important to be <laughs> to be quite honest with you. I'm more concerned with the overall themes of the show and the the emotions the characters are feeling. Um and two, will you ever bring back one out of two? So I guess it continues in another super chat later on. So anyway, thanks thanks for that, Chalky. I appreciate it. Bremax says John you know, you know true slave. True slaves listen to hard bass while squatting with vodka on one hand and AK on the other. Get good, you cheeky bricky. <laughs> Thanks, Bremax. I'll, I'll work on my... Uh... All I want to be in this world is true, true Russian slave. Why, can, why I cannot be slave? Please. Please, can I be slave? Thanks, Premax. Chalky says, uh, okay, so continuing the thing. Will you ever bring back hypermail so we can canonically send in fan mail as rabid fangirls who, who heart Arby? And three, have you ever read the few fanfics of Arby and the Chief? And would you consider 
reading one my friend and I wrote. I will link if yes. Uh, no, I'd rather not, to be honest. I get a bunch of that. And fan art and stuff, which is really graphic. <laughs> but uh, I encourage you to, to, to write whatever you want to write. And uh, although if you're going to write something, I would consider doing, you know, maybe writing something unique. You know, just like uh, I re recommend to anybody who wants to. Like, I, I get people all the time who are like, can I make a spinoff of your show? Or like, can I make a live action version of your show? And I'm just like, yeah, fine. I'm not going to stop you. I, I don't even mind personally. But just for your sake, why not spend your time working on something that's unique to you? Because, I mean... Why does Arby and the Chief need a spinoff? I mean, Arby and the Chief itself is already kind of a spinoff of the characters from the Halo series. So, like, it's almost a spinoff of a spinoff. And and if people see your spinoff, if they see the title Arby and the Chief, people are just going to see your title and they're probably going to think of me first before you. So is that what you want? I mean, wouldn't you want people to associate your work with you? So... I would encourage people who want to make like a spin-off thing to just make something unique. I mean, if you want to make it about toys, just you can do that. Fine. Uh you could you can tell an interesting story with toys or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't That's one of the things I hope people take from Arby and the Chief is that I hope they realize it doesn't really matter what you're telling the story with, whether it's toys or puppets or in-game characters or live-action actors or whatever. All that matters is, like, if you know how to shoot something like a movie and you know how to write compelling dialogue, then you, you, can, you can win an audience, you know? Even if it's, like, like toys, you know? Which I kind I kind of like that about my show. It's like it has this, it's has this appearance at first glance of being like stupid and juvenile, but then people watch it and then they're like, "Oh wow, he actually there's actually a lot of thought put into the writing," you know, and it's like, "Wow, I didn't know you could have toys that are compelling characters," and it's just like, "Yeah, you know, it's just it's just the writing, and it doesn't cost anything." You know, you don't need a budget to write a good script. You just need an imagination and a fucking piece of shit laptop with notepad or just a pen and paper. You know, that's it. Anyway, there you go. Uh, really appreciate your uh, support, Chalky. Thank you. And uh, good luck with your uh, your writing. Um, I hope you keep writing in the future. I encourage everyone to write, you know. Because uh, I think I think storytelling is for everybody, you know. I don't I don't think it's this special thing that's limited to only certain people. I think everybody in this world has the gift of storytelling because that's what people do. People are natural storytellers since since the dawn of man with cave paintings and shit. People have tried to tell stories, and uh, even if you're not. If you even if you're not in like film and post production or like screenwriting, you can still be a storyteller because storytelling takes a lot of different forms. 
like it, for instance, if you're not a screenwriter, but you're a musician, it's like, well, uh, musicians are storytellers too. You're telling stories through music. Like there's a, there's a narrative to every piece of art, right? You're telling, no matter what the artistic medium is, whether it's screenwriting or whatever, there's storytelling at the heart of almost everything, you know? Because that's what the human experience is. It's a story. It's a sequence of, it's a meaningful sequence of events. That's what a story is. And that's what everyone's life is. It's a meaningful sequence of events. Well, hopefully the people living life see it that way. You know, hopefully they see meaning in their lives. Because if, if, if you're living life and you don't have a sense of meaning throughout your day to day, then I don't envy you because you must be a real miserable piece of shit. You got to, you got to find, you got to find some meaning in your life. If you feel like you don't have meaning, you got to find something, you know, just figure out some, what is it you care about the most and what is it you think you'd be the most good at and just find some way of sharing your experiences with other people, the way you feel about things with other people, you know, in my case, it was my show, you know just like I, I don't have the resources to make a live action production but I got I got a couple toys here I got an imagination I got a camcorder why can't I just shoot this like a movie and then write compelling dialogue or try to at least and and I've got this audience this very supportive audience now because I worked at it and I, I cultivated an audience of people who like my stuff and uh Anyone else can do it too. Even if it doesn't take the exact same form, you can tell story stories in other ways. Whether it's writing or music or editing or there's lots lots of ways to tell stories. Anyway, that's that's what I have to say about that. Anyway, uh thank you, Chalky. River seven twenty seven says, In other words, you ripped off Peterson's book. Oh yeah. Ha ha ha. Yes, John B. Peterson. Hilarious. Thanks, Rivers727. I appreciate it, man. Kiro says, Hi, John. Can you take a good look at my art masterpiece? <laughs> sure, man. I'll have a look at it later, assuming you sent me some new thing just now. I'll check my emails later. But uh, thanks, dude. I hope you work at uh, your art. You're, uh, you're a talented guy. <clears throat> Lucas Martin says, hey, John, I don't get to join your live streams too much, but I just wanted to throw a little bit of money your way as appreciation for the real talks and for Arby and the Chief. Hey, you're welcome, man. I'm glad you're extracting some value out of this. Like I said, I wanted I was hoping this would turn out funnier than it has been, but I think uh, I think I've said some I think I've, I've hit on some some worthy talking points throughout our time just now and uh i hope you guys feel the same way say thanks a lot lucas i really appreciate it dude uh kirkland signature says how do you feel about making shorts again uh well let's let's i just want to focus on season eight for now how about that <laughs> that's that's something actually uh people are saying i'm missing one of the shorts like so so throughout the course the entire course of Arby and the Chief in the t decade I've been doing this um, 
for machine while I was working for machinima I had made f- what I thought was four shorts but apparently there's five and I uploaded four of them on my own channel but apparently I'm missing one and I'm not sure what the fifth short is so if that's on YouTube somewhere or if it isn't but somebody knows what it is maybe just say something in the chat about you know, remind me what happens in it and then I'll try and track it down and upload it if I can find it because I don't, I don't know what the fifth short is. I thought I uploaded them all, but apparently not. Anyway, that's a thing. So, um, thanks Kirkland as always. Dima DZ says, Hey John, can you watch the never forget El Dorito trailer from Blambite? I'd like to see your live reaction. I can't link it for whatever reason. Never forget El Dorito. Are people... Is is that to imply that it's unavailable now? People can still download it, right? Or did Microsoft shut that shit down? But uh, sure, I'll, I'll try and remember. Uh, Wrecker says, Hi, John. Bud, wow, you're streaming. I can't believe it'll... Long time no see. I don't know what else to say. Love you. Also, Endgame made me cry and my eyes hurt. That's cool. I, yeah, I, I enjoyed Endgame as well. I thought it was great. But uh, hey, thanks for tuning in, man. I'm glad you enjoy the, my stuff. I appreciate the support, man. Captain Desi says, Hey, John, long time no stream. How have you been? Uh, a little shaky, to be honest, for the past few weeks, but I'm feeling a lot better now. And uh, today I'm... I felt good enough today to stream and uh, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So also I made a lot of progress with Arby and the chief and I've got a cool new show that I think you guys will enjoy. And uh, we'll, we'll, I'll show you that later in the stream. I hope you guys like it. But uh looks like we've reached the end of the super chats finally. So I'm just going to check my dashboard, my Streamlabs dashboard for some, for any uh, Streamlabs donations. See if I missed anything. Nope, it looks like uh, no Streamlab things. Okay, so we can move on. So, all right, so thanks everybody for your chats. Really appreciate it. Um, so I'm just going to have a look at my list and see if there's some, there's, cause there's a couple more things I just want to talk about that I think is interesting. Um, I want to talk about Jussie Smollett. <laughs> is that okay? You guys know what's going on with this guy? So this, this fucking guy, right? He, uh. He's this actor on Empire, the show Empire on HBO, I think. And uh, do you guys know what you guys know what I'm talking about? Some of you guys must have know what I'm talking about. Who I'm talking about? He he's a he's a black actor on Empire, and he recently he conspired a hate crime hoax where he he had two friends or two guys that he knew two black guys 
who are extras on Empire. So the same show. And he knew them through working with them on the show. And he paid these two guys to like come and ambush him. Like a staged ambush. And then Jussie reported the crime and reported that it was two white guys with Make America Great Again hats. And they had tried to, they put a noose around his neck and they poured bleach on him. This is what he's saying. They poured bleach on him and they were shouting racial slurs at him. They said the N-word at him. And uh, just saying all, saying and doing all the worst things. And um, Chicago Police Department started investigating it. Well, he first of all, he went on this press tour where he was talking about what supposedly happened to him. And he was just like, yeah, it's terrible. Like, people need to be aware of just how much white supremacy is a problem in America. And, like, if shit like this is happening, where else is it happening in the world? You know, to people not as famous as me and stuff just for being black. And then Chicago, the Chicago Police Department started investigating. And they found all this evidence that strongly suggests that he... I mean, not only suggest, it proved that he had staged the whole thing. I mean, Chicago PD found the check that he used to pay the two guys to, like, come and pretend to, like, beat him up. And they they tracked down the store from where they bought the noose from. And they found the store where they bought the red hats from. And they weren't even MAGA hats. They, like, they, they... They had to go to a store and f- they had to find a store with r- just red hats because there were no stores that sold Make America Great Again hats because everybody hates that hat so much. People are getting beaten up just for wearing one, which I think is ridiculous, but whatever, that's another thing. But anyway, there's just this mountain of evidence suggesting that he, or pretty much proving that he staged the whole thing. But Jesse kept standing by his claim that no it was like two white guys but I can't remember exactly but his story kept changing suspiciously and he couldn't keep his own facts straight and then all the charges against him were dropped and like people are celebrating him for some reason and Jussie is like doing this press tour where he's saying like I've been honest every step of the way on this journey and it's like bullshit dude and Chicago Police Department is fucking furious with him because they've they poured all this money into the investigation and they found all this evidence against him only for all the charges to be dropped because it was concluded by the end of the whole thing that there there wasn't really a victim in this crime except for Jussie himself. So therefore, it's it's okay to just throw the case out and he can be let go without any charges, no jail time. Despite the fact that he was obviously perfectly willing to have two innocent men go to jail. Because, like, he's he's suggesting that there's two white guys out there, two MAGA guys, psychotic Trump supporters who are, you know, trying to lynch, lynch black guys who are waiting in alleys to sneak up on black guys and lynch them. And so what he done could have easily resulted in the incarceration of two innocent people. But everybody, a lot of, well, most people seem to be ignoring that fact. 
And then, and so not only was he cleared of all charges, but then he he also retained a nomination for an award at the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And he didn't win his award, but he was still nominated, even in light of all of this. And rightly so, Chris Rock was presenting one of the awards. And they had, the organizers of the, of the event had told Chris not to make any Jussie jokes. But Chris was just like, fuck you, and made fun of him anyway. Which is like, good, fuck him. He should be made fun of. Because he, he took the justice system for a ride, essentially. He tried to take advantage of it. And... And then not only that, but more recently, Jussie Smollett now has has this press buzz around him because he's going to be in the first televised all-black gay wedding on an HBO one-hour drama. So, like, he has all the progressives applauding him. Despite this terrible shit that he's done trying to pull this hoax, He's like, they're trying to like use the fact that he's going to be in the first televised all black gay wedding as a way of distracting everyone from the terrible thing that he did. And I'm just, I read that and I was just like, you fucking asshole. Like, it's so cowardly, you know, to like hide behind this progressive shield of just like, oh, look at me representing gay black people in this wedding in the show I'm in. I mean, if, if there's any egregious example of what the left is doing, I mean, I'm I'm not just I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not glorifying everybody on the right, but just there's there's some psychotic shit happening on the left, and Jussie is one of them. The Jussie Smollett thing is one of them because Jussie Smollett is one of these guys who has he's completely given himself to this ideolo- ideological bent. And he's, he, it's like this whatever means necessary approach where it's like, I think he, when it came out that there was all this evidence pointing out the fact that he had staged this whole thing, he then tried to turn it into this idea that he was a martyr where it's just like, well, even if it didn't happen, it's good that the hoax took place. It's good that I s- staged the thing because it spreads awareness to the white supremacist acts that might be happening to other people. And I started seeing all this, like all these other people on Twitter and in the media saying like, you know, maybe what Jussie did, maybe Jussie, the Jussie thing was a hoax, but uh, maybe there was one tweet that was like, we need to believe it anyway. Because it spreads awareness of like the the white supremacy epidemic throughout America, and it's just like, dude, because that, that really is an ends justify the means thing, like by any means necessary. Where it's like, you want to convince people of your ideology, so even staging a, a hate crime and making it entirely possible for two innocent people to go to jail, that's worth it for the sake of essentially virtue signaling you know and like oh man it just it bugged me so fucking much am i am i talking to a brick wall here what do you guys think about that i mean that was that's crazy right that's crazy is anyone a fan of this guy 
because he seems to have a lot of fans right now. Like, because he's like, oh, isn't isn't he great? He's gonna be in the first all black gay wedding on on Empire. It's like, I don't know how he got out of this scot free, where he's just like he gets to keep his job too. He lost absolutely nothing. You're right, John. Just kind of old news is all. Yeah, I know. I know it's old news. But, you know, I'm just I'm just coming online now and it's something I wanted to mention and I th I think it's total bullshit. And that's that's the kind of shit I have a real problem with. You know, when it comes to psycho shit from from the left side of the political spectrum, that's that's pretty up there. You know. But anyway, that's uh, I want I wanted to briefly talk about that. Anyway, another one, another thing I want to talk about is Michael Jackson. Can I talk about Michael Jackson? Is that okay? <laughs> Do I have permission to talk about Michael Jackson? No. How dare you? Um. So, a lot of Michael Jack Jackson's fan, Michael Jackson fans in here, I presume. I'm a Michael Jackson fan. So I think I think this story is important because it touches on this uh, this idea of separating the art from the artist. You know, and uh, I'm honestly I'm still on the fence in regard to what exactly Michael did or didn't do. You know, so I watched I watched the documentary. Leaving Neverland. Did you guys watch it? How many of you guys have seen Leaving Neverland? It's like a it's a two part, three or so hour documentary, from two, uh, child stars who grew up with Michael, and they're basically talking about their their sexual experiences with Michael and um it was really uh it was really shocking but uh anecdotal so there's no there's no concrete evidence in the video but the anecdotal stories that from the two child stars are really em emotional and convincing but it is anecdotal evidence at the end of the day and so I wasn't sh quite sure how to feel by the end of it. Uh, my thoughts were, if that did happen, that's really, really terrible. But the documentary was suspiciously one-sided. And uh, sounds like a good documentary. Well, that's the thing. That, that's kind of my the point that I'm getting to, is that I don't think it was a good documentary. Because documentary filmmaking is about uncovering the truth. It's about getting at the truth of things. Right. And the best way. The thing about. The thing about the truth is that you can never find the entire truth on one side of any issue. There's always a there's always a little bit of the truth on both sides of things. Right. And you however convincing that anecdotal evidence was in that documentary, you can't 
you can't get around the fact that that documentary film was very one-sided because all it did was talk to those guys and they were both on the same side of the issue obviously it was two child stars who uh allege these uh being subject to sexual acts by michael jackson when they were really young and um I think if you are a documentary filmmaker and you want to get to the heart of something, you need to explore all sides of an issue. And I think what that filmmaker should have done was also talk to the Jackson family as well. Because the Michael Jackson's relatives did have plenty to say on that. And they were saying that the documentary was complete bullshit. And there's even uh, ex-affiliates of Michael Jackson, such as Macaulay Culkin, who continued to insist that Michael Jackson was a great guy and there was nothing weird that happened. Whether they're lying or not, I can't be sure, but I don't think they are. And um, the, the, the two guys in the Leaving Neverland documentary, the more I read about it, it sounds like they were financially motivated. And they saw... They, they, I think they rationalized this as an opportunity to make money from the Michael Jackson case after he was dead. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they used his death as a way to kind of rationalize their behavior, where it's just like, well, he's he's gone now, so we can just, you know, tear his reputation to shreds for our own personal benefit. And uh, he's not going to care because he's dead. But, I mean, I don't know if that's what their rationale was, but, I mean, obviously... You're 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 tearing up his legacy for not only him but all his fans, you know. And then you know after the leaving never leaving Neverland documentary came out, there was this knee jerk reaction where people were just like, all you know, all these radio stations stations were pulling his music off the air because it's like not okay to play Michael Jackson music now because of what he did. Um, but I thought that was a big mistake. I don't think I don't think his music sh whether whether he did the crimes or not which I'm still not sure because like the FBI investigated the dude while he was alive for like 10 years and they found nothing no evidence and it's like what did Michael Jackson buy off the FBI and bri bribe them so they didn't find anything like if the FBI was was looking into him for that long, it seems like they should have found something, but they didn't. And so it's it's the whole thing just stands out to me as weird. And I haven't I haven't I haven't thrown out the possibility that those two guys are trying to profit off the situation. Um and whether he did whether michael jackson did the crimes or not i think you can't deny the fact that there was good in him there may and there may have there well there definitely was evil in him because there's evil in everybody but he may have done those terrible things he may not have but you can't deny that there was also good in him as well there was there was undeniably a part of michael jackson that loved making music and he wanted to spread as much joy through his music to as many people as he could. 
And I think he, he pulled that off. And he was a great fucking musician. And I think a lot of... I think a lot of people just don't want to... They don't even they don't believe Michael Jackson did the bad things, but they don't want to look at the facts either because they're just like they've dug their heels in because they were just like, hey, the dude made Thriller, man. The dude who made Thriller couldn't have possibly done something that bad. He made Thriller. How can you make Thriller and do something as bad as that? You know. And um, but I th I think everybody should be looking at all the as the as much evidence as possible. And I disagree with his music being pulled off of radio stations and people not listening to his music anymore. You know, it's that it's like uh, I don't think art art shouldn't be censored because of something the artist did in the past that was bad. Because that doesn't that doesn't make the art any less important. You know, it's like uh, Roman Polanski. He made uh, the the pianist, or like Woody Allen. He's made like a bunch of great movies, but both of those directors have done horrendous things, and it's they've it's been proven that they did those things. I think, like there's the it's there's not this surrounding doubt like with Michael Jackson when it comes to those guys, but like uh, I think the art and the artist needs to be separate. And people need to realize that there's good and bad in everybody. And uh, sometimes people do really bad shit, but, but they also can potentially make great art because it's a lot of psych psychologically troubled people who make good art. It's like the, the flip side of brilliance where you're capable of this, of creating genius works of art, but there's like a, there's a madness to that too where sometimes evil manifests itself from that you know um and i think yeah art art should never be censored no matter what the artist does um and when i heard michael jackson's music was being pulled off of stations i was just oh my god what we're not, we're not allowed to listen to michael jackson now the decades of joy that he's brought to people through his awesome music and now we're just supposed to burn all our records. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, there's another, there's a video released on YouTube that was, that it was a, it was a counter to leaving Neverland. I can't remember the name of it, but it was some YouTuber dude and he managed to get the the Jackson family in the documentary and a lot of the things that Michael the Jackson family were saying kind of explains Michael Jackson's behavior a little bit and there is merit to the there is something to be said for the argument that Michael Jackson didn't have a, a proper childhood because you know he was part of the Jackson five and his his dad beat the shit out of him because like the the the, the whole family was geared around performance and being the best and they were terrific but it came at this terrible cost of like constantly being in the studio recording shit and uh i think the guy missed out on a childhood and i think he found 
I think there's I th- whether there is something perverted happening or not, I think he did find joy in being around children and he wanted to live what's the word? He wanted to he wanted to experience childlike things through them, through the joy of children. And so he had this fucking theme park with co- cotton candy and Ferris wheels and shit. And he would invite him. He would invite a bunch of kids over. And I think there's something that really pleased him seeing other children around him so happy. And I don't think all of it was perverted. But may, maybe he did do some horrendous shit. But I'm I'm just I'm not entirely convinced because, like I said, the evidence in the in the documentary is is it's certainly powerful, but it's all anecdotal. And the fact remains that uh, in for a long time, the FBI investigated him and found nothing, you know, and he was, he was dropped of all charges at the end of his trial or whatever, while he was still alive. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's, that's my thoughts on Michael Jackson. So I wanted to talk about that briefly. Uh, film reviews. So I I did Captain Marvel already. Um, hmm. There's a bunch of more things. There's a couple more things here, but nothing too pressing. What would you guys like me to do now? Because it's getting kind of late. I'm. I mean, I'm happy to stay to finish stuff off. We're gonna still do the videos, but uh, is there anything anyone else wants me to talk about? Uh, before we move on to the video part, I think we should just do the, the videos. Oh, Alex Jones. Want me to talk about Alex Jones on Joe Rogan's podcast? Did you guys listen to that podcast? That five hour podcast with Alex Jones, Eddie Bravo and, uh, Joe Rogan. Holy fuck. That was great. I had a great time listening to that. There's just there's something about that whole podcast that's just perfect, you know? Cuz just down to the clothes they're wearing. Like Alex Jones has this NASA shirt where it's like it's got a rainbow on it and it's like a space shuttle shooting up into the stars. And it just kind of sums up what Alex Jones is all about, you know? He's just like this rocket that's shooting off into space and you can't stop it. It's just so much energy. And the guy is oddly articulate about the things that he talks about. He talks about some crazy shit, but he like he can really articulate his thoughts reasonably well. You know? He's good with words. And he's very hyperbolic. And he doesn't do himself any favors. You know, people I I see people shitting on Alex Jones all the time cuz he says like crazy shit all the time and nobody believes him. But uh I don't think everything he says is bullshit. You know, like uh, there's a, it's just he doesn't do himself any favors from the way he frames everything because he's he frames everything in this ridiculously hyperbolic performative way, where he's just shooting himself in the foot, and people would take himself more seriously if he just wasn't so insistent on being hyperbolic with everything that he talks about. You know, and it's. Because there's a lot of things he'll be he'll be hyperbolic about it, and then he'll say, "Well, look it up." 
pull just pull up this article and then Joe will pull up the article or he'll have Jamie do it. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, there is this article where it says, yeah, the government did try to do this thing. So he wasn't wrong. And there's a bunch of cases where that happens with the things Alex is talking about. And uh, he goes into some crazy territory, but I don't think it's beyond possibility. You know, like the water is turning the frogs gay thing. That was based on a real thing where certain chemicals were adjusting the chromosomes of frogs. And uh, and so there's like a there's a kernel of truth to what he's saying. But obviously making the frogs gay is a gross oversimplification of the issue. And it makes it sound like bullshit. But he doesn't have to frame it like that. He could he could frame it much more rationally, but he chooses not to. I find that fascinating about him. It's like he's he insists on being like an entertainer. But he wants people to be believe him so badly. That's what I can't figure out about him. It's like what does he what does he want? Does he want to entertain people or does he want people to believe what he's saying? And uh the thing with the human animal hybrids, a lot of people think that's bullshit and he's just making this shit up, but like I don't I don't consider that a stretch. I mean it's 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 no secret that governments throughout the world have have ex- have done crazy ridiculous dangerous experiments throughout history for the sake of war. You know? You know, it, biological tests governments trying to make super soldiers or whatever. I mean, Alex himself was saying that the reason there are human-animal hybrids is to circumvent certain human rights laws, where it's like, if the organism you're experimenting on isn't entirely human, that means you can circumvent the law around experimenting on that life form. And it's just like, I'm like, I buy that. I think that I feel like that's something the government would actually do to get around human rights violations is they they want to run these experiments, but they're not allowed to run them on humans. So then they they splice genetics or whatever it is they're doing in a way as a way of circumventing that. And it's like. I don't consider that outside the realm of possibility, because I think throughout history, it's been true that there are people out there. There are groups of people that want to control other people. And so why wouldn't that manifest itself throughout the ages in, into these kind of uh, these elite groups and secret societies that are trying to control the masses? Like, that doesn't surprise me. But, you know, if I, I bet there's people in the chat right now listening to me who think that I'm going into conspiracy theory nutcase territory because how could I believe in such a thing that there's people out there who want to control other people? But like, seriously, how does that? How is that a stretch? That's been true without throughout history. There are people who want to control other people, and there are, are governments who will run all kinds of experiments at any cost. Uh, for the sake of national security and winning wars because you know there's no rules in war there's just a winner and a loser so you do whatever you have to to win fuck there's uh, I can't there's like uh, the Japanese government did horrible experiments on people in the Christ I can't remember the name of it 
it was I can't remember if the name was like a team of people or the name of an operation, but it was all these prisoners of war that were captured and they they ran all these horrific biological experiments on them and the idea was to just test all these chemicals chemicals on people and log the results and then see how those chemicals would work against opposing soldiers in during warfare, right? And uh yeah, so a bunch of the shit Alex talks about, I mean, the way he phrases it makes it sound so fucking crazy, but I, I don't think, uh, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a complete bullshitter. I think he is to a little, a small degree. I th and I think he gets carried away really easily and he has a temper and I think he lets himself, he lets his temper get the better of him. But that's what makes him so entertaining as well. You know, unit 731. Yeah, that's it. Fucking crazy shit that, that they did. But yeah, the, the, the capacity for cruelty among governments. I mean, that's that's no sh that's no surprise to me. And that's all public domain. That's public knowledge. You can look that shit up. But anyway, it was a great podcast and uh, I highly recommend uh, you guys listen to that if, if you're if you want. I mean, it's a it's a great podcast to throw on if you've got like a long drive because it's like five hours long. And if you've got like a long commute, you know, if you're driving somewhere, it's going to take a long time. That's a great podcast to throw on because it's just consistently entertaining. And he gets really worked up at certain points. They start talking about Flat Earth and it's so fucking funny. Eddie Bravo is like trolling him. Eddie Bravo manages to convince Alex that he's a Flat Earther and and then they start talking about like abortion and shit and how the left is encouraging late term abortions and they're on the road to this uh moral relativism when it comes to abortion where it's like even post birth abortions are the idea of post birth abortions are being entertained like it's and I am seeing some of that like I've I've seen posts on my own social media feeds where it's like the, I saw this girl post something she said uh just a reminder that it's okay to have an abortion. And I'm like, in every case though, like what exactly are you talking about? Like when is an abortion okay? It's not always okay, is it? Because the way you're framing it, it seems like you're saying that abortion is always okay, but it's not. I mean, you, it's something that preferably should be avoided at, at the very least, right? That's like what? What is it we're saying here? I mean, because if you're saying abortion is fine anytime, then you're basically of the mindset that whatever, if whatever feels good, do it, right? And look, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into the whole abortion thing and where does life begin because it's a, it's a very complicated thing to unpack because where does life begin? Because life is essentially a never-ending circle of a finite amount of energy throughout the universe constantly coming to a solution and then dissolution and then coming back together again. Like that's the process of life. And there's a finite amount of energy of atoms in the universe and energy can't be created or destroyed. And so it, there's this cyclic nature to it where it doesn't really have a beginning or an end, like the Ouroboros thing. 
and uh but i i think i buy the conception thing like where the 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 fe- the male and the female zygotes meet to form another human being like but i'm also i'm also of the position that in cases of rape women shouldn't be shouldn't have to raise that baby you know so i'm not really sure where i lie on it exactly my position certainly isn't rigid one way or the other. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a complicated thing. But anyway, that's that's my thoughts on that. I'm sorry if I'm boring people with all this shit, but uh, these are these are things that I think are really interesting. But anyway, I think I said enough about that. It's a great great podcast, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's really funny. Uh, what now? What do you guys want to talk about? Should we get should we get to videos? Is that what we should do next? Alex Jones is not a good podcast. <laughs> Alex Jones is not a podcast. All right, let's let's watch the Sonic trailer. All right. Let's just fucking, let's just fucking do it, dude. So I haven't seen this Sonic the Hedgehog trailer yet, but uh, I'm about to. I've deliberately hold, held off from watching it just so we could, uh, I could broadcast my reaction live. Oh boy, how exciting! Uh, here we go. second here to bring it up. Come on, you you fucking asshole. I hate YouTube Studio Beta. Fucking sucks. Uh, Sonic trailer. Holy fuck i'm seeing i'm seeing screenshots screen grabs from it and it looks fucking horrendous <laughs> it's like one third likes to dislikes that's too bad okay so um what do I do here? Okay, so I want to unplug my headphones from my audio receiver and put them into my computer. So I want to hear my desktop audio through my headphones and see if that works. That's working. And then I've got the video up, so let's bring it up on here on Streamlabs. Stay in there and be quiet. How much longer? I can't breathe in here. Do you have your child in that bag? No. I mean, yes, it's a child, but it's not mine. <laughs> not your child. Smells like body spray in an old ham sandwich. 
that's that's what I have to say is Holy fucking shit. Where do you start? I wasn't completely against the idea of uh Jim Carrey doing Eggman. It seems like an interesting choice. But uh I don't know, he's not really filling the part for me. And uh, in regard to Sonic's design, I mean, Jesus Christ. Hang on, let's have a look at the frames of this. Look at his hands. I mean, he he's supposed to have gloves, but he has, like, these little furry human hands, and the fur is colored. Look at him there. I mean, he's like, it's like cartoon elements mixed with real human proportionality. Where it's like, it looks like a small guy in a costume. We were talking about this before. It, it Like, his legs look like a real person's legs. They look like real shoes. He's got these realistic hands with, like, furry fingers. But then he's got... He's got this big cartoon head that doesn't mesh with the thing at all. And the fact that he has laces on his shoes. I was talked about that before. That really bugs me. Why would you have laces on your shoes? If you could run at the speed of sound, the last thing you'd want in your shoes is laces. If you're go if you're travel if you're running at the speed of sound and your laces catch on to something unexpectedly, like something like heavy machinery that's immovable. I mean, your your leg's going to get torn off. Or whatever the thing hooked onto your shoe is going to go with you. Like, why would you take that risk? Why don't you just wear Velcro? Or some kind of, like, high-tech shoe that just kind of seals around your foot seamlessly? Why not something like that? Why would you... Why would the... F Who decided laces was a good idea? And, uh... A lot of this shit is in the eyes, too. And the eyes don't look right. And it looks like they kind of narrowed his pupils, which was a good decision. But the shape of his eyes is really off. It's not immediately... Like, even a, a, a Sonic... For a Sonic fan, it, you immediately get the sense that it doesn't look right. This looks all stagey and phony as fuck. I kind of like the costume, but, like, I'm not really getting the sense that he's Dr. Robotnik here, that's for sure. Maybe the mustache, kind of. This dialogue here kind of sucks. Look at his f face. Look at his teeth. It's, oh my god, it's like Uncanny Valley, where you don't really know what to make of this. his face. I mean, it's certainly not... Oh, my God. I don't even know how to put this in words. There's something really wrong about <laughs> about his face. I'm, tr I'm trying to think of a way to articulate this properly, how I feel about this image. He's got, like, a, a mouth that resembles a real mouth but 
his eyes are cartoonishly large. Oh, fuck. I don't know, dude. He, look at it. Look when he screams there. He's got, like, gums. That looks weird. And look, he's got, like, realistic muscle tone, but no dick. I mean, they... They definitely should have had him resemble the cartoon. Like, you know, you know what I would have preferred is like if it was something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or like Space Jam or like one of those movies where it's like it's like traditionally 2D animated characters in a 3D live action world. I think I would have preferred that over something like this. That looks stupid as fuck. <laughs> and why... I mean, they didn't even give his uh, his shoes the iconic white stripe over the, over the top. I don't know why they left that out. And why does he have magic electricity quills? I don't get that either. Why is his fur, like, supercharged? Even if it's disconnected from his body. And the the power rings are like portals. I mean, I guess those are in the game. Because that's how you get to special stages. But like, that's him throwing a regular power ring and it turns into a big, a big portal ring somehow. See, the, I kind of like Jim Carrey being cast in that role because do, the the character of Doctor Robotnik kind of had this has this manic energy. He's like a madman, and Jim Carrey is good at playing those kinds of roles. But uh, I'm not entirely convinced by his look. I mean, I don't know why they didn't put like a prosthetic weight on him to make him like fatter. Fuck, look at look at him in that pose. He looks so fucking weird. It it's like a toddler in a in a furry costume. And then the Genesis line, every hero has a Genesis because of Sega Genesis. And then more like cringy dialogue where it's like his duffel bag smelling like deodorant and ham sandwiches is somehow a punchline that's meant to get a laugh out of the audience. It's just, it looks like weak comedic writing so far. And then there's these last couple frames. So he definitely rese more most resembles the the old character here, which I don't mind. I don't. I kind of don't mind how he looks here. I think he just he should have had some prosthetics on him to increase his body weight. But I guess he he doesn't. I guess he doesn't have to be fat. 
Jesus Christ, whatever. I'll probably still go see it just because I'm I'm funny or, or I'm I find it. I'd probably find it funny. That's what I meant to say. Anyway, Jesus Christ. Okay, there's there you go. There's my reaction to the Sonic trailer. What a disappointment. I really I wanted I wanted that to look a lot better than it does. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so what I want to do now is I want to go to the bathroom again. And I'm going to come back and uh, we're going to make sure all the super chats are covered and the Streamlab stuff. And then we'll maybe watch some more videos, I guess, because you guys want me to watch a couple more things. And then I think we'll call it a night because we've been going for a while now. This has been like, how long have we been going now? I don't know. I can't see a time log from here, but... Uh, I think we've been going for at least three hours, almost four hours. So uh, let me go to the bathroom, and I will be back shortly. Thanks for your patience. Oh yeah, and and uh, I'll show you my uh, my video too, my my new show that I'm working on. All right, here we go. Be right back. Burb, right back. No, this is not oneself too. This is my sh this is my satirical video game review series. It's called Professional Reviews. <laughs> and uh, I'm just bringing it up here on I think I got it open on VLC. Just give me a second here. Uh, okay, I think that's good. All right, so this is this is the new show I'm working on. I hope you guys find it funny. Actually, I take that back. This is super serious, you guys. This is a super serious review. And you guys, you're not allowed to laugh at this review. You have to take it super seriously because it's serious. Okay, you re you guys you guys ready? This could go either way. I hope you guys like it. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna not be in this one. I'm gonna turn my mic off as well, and I'm gonna turn the desktop volume all the way up. So, the vi the video volume is gonna be a lot louder this time. So, all right. So, the f the format of this is it's a video game review show. It's a review of Resident Evil 2, but there's a satirical layer to it. So, but it, it's played straight as if it's like an IGN review, and it's meant to make fun of like gaming criticism. All right, here we got here here we go. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. By the way, it's like 20 minutes long, so, but I think it's pretty funny, so I hope you like it.
Yes, sorry, I should mention that this has spoilers in it. A lot of spoilers. So if you don't want... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt it, but like if you want to play Resident Evil 2 but you haven't yet, this game is has a bunch of spoilers in it. So maybe you don't want to watch it if that's the case. So just be warned, okay? What is up, YouTube? I'm your host, Chip Gaiman. Yes, Gaiman, you heard right. As in, I'm always gaming. Because when it comes to gaming, I'm as hardcore as it gets. Please don't make fun of me. I got enough of that in high school. You may have mastered your insults. But not only have I mastered the art of gaming, but also the blade. Do not mess with me. That's a mistake you don't want to make. And it's one you can only make once. That was your first and last warning, I live on the edge. The wolf is a fierce and noble animal. It also happens to be my spirit animal, and it gives me the courage I need to conquer all the world's video games, sometimes as far as the halfway point. How else am I supposed to conduct a professional review? I'm the real deal, folks. I am Gaming Incarnate, master of all controllers, including the Resident Evil 4 Chainsaw Controller. And yes, ladies, I'm single, but only by choice. There's a lot of video games out there to play, and I can't have a woman holding me back. Hardcore gamers like me meditate and train around the clock to hone our precision and mental stamina precisely the tools I need to bring you a professional review. My reviews are very professional because they have motion graphics. Some of the templates were very expensive. Like all hardcore Resident Evil fans, I was introduced to the franchise through the movies. It's hard to believe that a movie franchise with so many sequels has managed to maintain such a high quality. Every movie is jam-packed with badass action scenes and showcases the defining example of a strong female lead character. Someone with no weaknesses and who kicks ass in every scene she's in. One of my favorite aspects of the franchise is the decision in one of the films to introduce the African shantytown executioner miniboss character from one of the video games into its urban setting. This is great because it encourages multiculturalism. I later came to learn that Capcom has developed a series of video games based off of the movies, the latest installment of which is Resident Evil 2. Claire! Claire, are you okay? Yeah, I'm alright! How about you? I can't stay here! It's not safe! It's the long-awaited sequel to the original game, Resident Evil 2 on the GameCube, which is also a sequel to Resident Evil 2 on the Nintendo 64. However, Resident Evil 2 isn't the only sequel to Resident Evil 2. There's also Resident Evil 1 on the GameCube, the first Resident Evil game ever made, followed later by the Director's Cut version on the PlayStation Mini. Unfortunately, every game developed for the PlayStation Mini has terrible graphics that render them literally unplayable. 
Pun intended. Let's start by analyzing the most crucial aspect of any video game. And that's politics, okay? If there's one thing video games needs more of, it's politics. It's literally the lifeblood of gaming. And it's certainly not something Resident Evil 2 shies away from. But there's good politics and bad politics. The difference is simple. Good politics is whatever the majority of people thinks is good. And unfortunately, there's no shortage of bad politics here. For a particularly egregious first example, the only playable characters are both white. Really, Capcom? Personally, I was extremely disappointed not to be able to play as a nude version of Claire's character model in the game's console versions. Not because I endorse objectification of the female body, obviously, Rather that I would consider the inclusion of a nude model a celebration of the female form and therefore empowering to women. <laughs> As would any sane individual. Look at this objectification. This literally just appeals to like the male fantasy. This really is the scariest game ever. Look at this. More objectification. Did Michael Bay direct this? This is what's known as the male gaze, people. You alright? Oh, and of course she needs to be rescued by a man. I need some sleep. Oh, shit. Literally, the first death in the game is of a female zombie, at the hands of a white male, no less. Sexist much? Let's painfully study something of particular gravity, and that's the diversity and representative equality of the zombie hordes in terms of race, gender, and physicality. I haven't counted. But if the numbers of minority, white, male, and female zombies aren't exactly the same throughout the game, then Capcom has taken a serious misstep and really needs to pull their heads out of their asses. Great, of course the black guy dies at the beginning. Rest in peace, my friend. The game has you shoot a plus-sized zombie pretty early on, which is objectively fat-shaming. It's also worth mentioning that killing zombies can be considered racist, if you think about it. And I inflect my voice upwards as I'm talking right now, so you should probably listen to me and believe the same things that I do. Aren't zombies a race? And the game has you shooting all of them to death mercilessly. I'm so not sexist or racist that I almost refused to play this game, but I decided I had a responsibility to play it as a highly legitimate gaming journalist. I also found the game much more tolerable to play when I imagined that all the zombies were straight white males. I'll ask you one more time. Predictably, Claire's storyline has you chasing after and caring for a young girl named Sherry, which enforces stereotypical gender roles. Why is it always women that have to care for children? Capcom missed a grand opportunity here to have a playable woman who hates children and wants to shoot all of them in the face. That would be much more progressive. Instead, alongside being sexist and racist, Capcom insists on simultaneously being the double whammy of transphobic and Islamophobic by having you shoot and kill a character in physical transition named William Burka. I kid you not. 
better add animal cruelty to the list. Something tells me he's not a cop. Wasn't that Dick Tracy? Jeez Louise, even assisted mode is hard. I shouldn't have to use this infinite ammo pistol. I'm not even sure they did quality assurance for this game, like literally. But I think this does it for enemies for a while. There needs to be a part where absolutely nothing happens. That's good pacing. I used all my health items, and I'm only barely getting by with regenerating health. What does that tell you about the game design? Fucking Christ. We're good now though, he's way too big to get through. This is bullshit. As if the game wasn't already racist enough, Capcom gives one of the game's most significant antagonists the name of Malcolm X, famously portrayed in film by John Boyega. Invincible enemies, seriously? Why even have weapons? Looking for an anti-Semitic experience as well? No problem, Capcom's got you covered. About a third of the way through the game you'll be introduced to its multicultural straight arrow secret agent character, Adolf Wong. As previously mentioned, at the start of the game you have the option of selecting one of two playable white characters. One of them is Claire. Whoa, don't shoot! Get down! The other is Resident Evil 2, a veteran cop who's seen it all. Leon's a pretty good looking guy. Look at Claire's wet boobs there. That's really empowering to women. That chopper pilot's pretty hot too. Just me think it can't get any worse. One major gripe I have with the character is that for a veteran, Resident Evil 2 looks too fresh-faced and innocent. Nobody understands Japanese culture as well as I do, and Resident Evil 2 just looks far too kawaii. He should have a much more stylized head of hair like in the best animes. The game would also benefit tremendously from having a lead character who's modeled after somebody who's instantly recognizable, like Chris Hemsworth. But one of the things the game does right is that it really makes you feel like Resident Evil 2. Like you're walking around in his shoes. Jesus Christ! A surprise party at the Resident Evil Police Department in celebration of his retirement is unfortunately halted by the threat of the zombie hordes. Play as Resident Evil 2 long enough and you'll be rewarded during a few particular cutscenes with a few unhealthy doses of toxic masculinity and rape culture. In one of them, Resident Evil 2 violently grabs Adolf's arm, which clearly triggers Adolf. In another, Resident Evil 2 takes advantage of the fact that Adolf is immobilized by a wound by inappropriately touching her thigh. Another introduces a gun store owner who seals himself in a room with his daughter where it can only be assumed that he's molesting her. Just go. Just give us some privacy. 
The game then continues in its transphobia and throws its anti-nature agenda into the mix by having you shoot people to death who are guilty of nothing more than transitioning into plants. And if anybody deserves to be killed in their entirety without mercy, it's human beings. Frankly, the only conclusion I'm left to draw from this game is that Capcom is literally run by Hitler. Now that the most important aspect of gaming has been discussed, let's move on to the next most important thing. Graphics. If you're wondering if this game has graphics, rest assured that it does. Resident Evil 2 features extremely high-resolution cheeseburgers. The game really makes you feel like a cheeseburger. Politics and graphics aside for just a moment, something that's somewhat worth mentioning in a video game review is gameplay, but I'm gonna try my best to be brief with it. Stay back, man, I got this. The gas station boss is by far one of the hardest bosses I've ever fought in a video game, and I commend anybody who can get the key in the back room the boss is guarding and make it out alive. When you finally reach the Resident Evil Police Department, you'll be presented with some incredibly misleading game design, including a sign reading Keep Out taped onto a shutter door partially obstructing the only path forward. I don't get it. Man, they used heavy-duty tape on this thing. Oh my god, seriously? How am I supposed to shoot the zombies now? One of the gameplay's most egregious flaws is the fact that there's simply not enough bullets throughout the campaign. There were parts in my partial playthrough where I literally had no ammo. Gaming is about having plenty of ammo and more to kill everything on the screen and constantly moving forward without any obstacles. I'm doing literally exactly what it says on the screen. Who reads this stuff? What am I rolling a Jamaican fatty here? The game's condoning drug use now? Does this game ever get scary? What the hell kind of safe is this? Who would use this? Doesn't even have anything cool in it. And the game doesn't let you discard useless items. This game is so broken, I literally can't even. Why does this take so long? Uh, I put his arm on. What the hell? I literally solved the puzzle and nothing happened. As soon as you see one of these brain guys, there's only one thing to do, and that's shoot them. Or run away as fast as you possibly can. Seriously, I don't know how the hell I'm supposed to beat this on hardcore, never mind normal mode. Literally impossible. Please don't let there be any more brain guys. Okay, good. I was seriously getting pissed off. Okay, I think I definitely killed all the brain guys now. God damn it. I should probably save. I think there's a typewriter at the check-in desk. 
shit. No! Go away! I hate these guys! Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off! Great, now I'm screwed. What, he won't come in here? Why is the AI so bad? They literally forgot to put one and two on the keypad. Who does that? What do I put in? Guess I'll just try everything. <sighs> Man, if nothing happens by the time I get to 100, I'm done. Well, that was time well spent. <laughs> Shit! Like Cinderella. Fits like a glove. Might be faster to go down the other way. Hmm. No thanks. Why would a kid have this? It's literally impossible for an adult to solve it. And I'm a fully grown adult man. All that for a pair of preschool scissors? And it's to cut this thing off the wall? The cardboard a kid could literally just yank off? That's gotta be the orphanage. Wow, no shit. That's just a ripoff of Aliens, the James Cameron movie. Okay, I've literally searched everywhere for this safe code. I've checked all my notes. Pretty sure I have them all. Apparently, there's this one locked safe in the game there's no way of getting into. Resident Evil 2 is so challenging, I almost quit playing entirely early on until I realized there was an assisted mode available, which is ideal for hardcore gamers like me who are accustomed to regenerating health and enemies that take little effort to take down, which are both essential to an enjoyable gaming experience and should be default in every video game. The only downside is that this makes the game surprisingly boring and difficult to stay awake throughout. Despite that, the game should be easy to play since it's intended and appropriate for children. Just get me the fuck out of here! I bought the game for my son-in-law. I look after him while my wife and his father hang out. They're just friends. They usually spend their time together in a motel. I can only assume they're playing video games. Players will encounter a massive difficulty curve on the first encounter with Malcolm X, who's literally impossible to avoid. From what I've heard, locations like the gun shop Kendo are discovered at different parts in the game compared to the original Resident Evil 2 for the PlayStation Mini, when they should be found in exactly the same places. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but is this a remake or not? Capcom needs to make up their mind. Jerry, you come with me now, or say goodbye to Claire. Something of note is how the game's characters not only appear, but behave with incredible realism, which successfully maintains the integrity of its horror atmosphere. Stop hurting her, please! Don't tell me how to do my job. Ah, oh, sick! Look at her eye. She looks disgusting now. No wonder her mom doesn't want her. Who could love that? Gross. I don't know what Claire sees in her. Am I not supposed to relate to the main character? Oh, my goo. My goo. Take care of yourself, Leon. No! I found myself caring about the characters, 
which is a major problem. As I've said, video games are about killing everything on the screen and constantly moving forward like in Call of Duty, not empathizing with the people on screen which only serves to get in the way of shooting them until they're dead. Looking back on the experience post-game, loot boxes and more microtransactions would have been a more than welcome addition in order to increase replayability. But the game's biggest problem is that it doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it a survival game or a horror game? Survival and horror are like oil and water, they just don't mix. You know, this game's got a lot of problems, but the story isn't bad. Every character has a goal, and there's a lot of obstacles between them and their goals. Huh. That was easy. Wow, really? <laughs> Just another day at the Explosion Factory. This is where they make every explosion in the world. Alright, pal. I'm ready. Let's do this! Yeah! Wow, I didn't think that would actually work. Sweet. It's about time I got a break. There's too many goddamn enemies. And the game's not scary enough. Holy fucking shit! <clears throat> that wasn't that scary. It's still alive? The game is also far too scary. And why is it scary? Because of the degree to which it's racist, sexist, misogynist, transphobic, and Islamophobic, and encourages toxic masculinity and rape culture. I give this game a 0 out of 10. Well done for trying Capcom, but I'm disappointed to say that Resident Evil 2 is a major misfire. Hello? Speaking? This is Capcom calling? You want to pay me how much? I'm very happy to award this game a perfect score of 10 out of 10, which I only give to games that have literally no flaws whatsoever. You did good, Capcom. You did real good. Don't forget to smash those like and subscribe buttons. Gaming criticism is in dire need of way more genuine voices like mine. Until next time. There's there's my new review series. Did you, I you guys seem to like it, which really made me happy. Do do you guys would you guys like that if that was a recurring thing? That's 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 a series that I wanted to develop something that I could put out on a monthly basis. I think I could do one of those a month. Oh, that's that's so great. What a relief. I was I, I was really I was nervous. I thought people wouldn't wouldn't like it. Um, but it's I'm really happy to hear that you guys approve. You like chemotherapy more. Oh, that I'm so happy. This is great. <laughs> uh 
I am seriously considering doing Sekiro next, actually, because I think it's it's relevant to what's going on with gaming journalism right now. Um, I was going to do Majora's. I, I'm I'm torn between doing Majora's Mask and Sekiro, because it's it's not necessarily about reviewing like new games that just came out. Like I just consider Resident Evil Two an instant classic because I I love it so much. Like the one that just came out, Resident Evil Two. Um, but uh, I feel like it would be a good idea to do Sekiro. Sekiro Shadows Die Todaisu. <clears throat> Sekiro first, Majora next. Well, I guess I gotta buy. I gotta buy Sekiro then, because I don't have it yet. Maybe I can find it for cheap on uh, for PC. I don't know what console to get it for. Do you guys? If you guys have any recommendations, uh, let me know. Actually, I like how Sekiro looks. I feel like I would really enjoy it. But I I did find Dark Souls really frustrating just because I suck at it. But that doesn't mean I, I insist that Dark Souls have an easy mode. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely want to get Sekiro. So, oh, hey, some people are offering to gift it to me. That'd be fucking awesome. If you've got like a spare key or something, like send it. If you send your me your key, I'll totally make use of it because I'll, I'll make another video out of that. But uh, anyway, but uh, if not, then I'll just do some research and figure out what the best system is to get it on. You got to use the fast mode mod at some point in the review. <laughs> yeah, so so the premise of the show of the show is like obviously incorrectly reviewing games from a from an angle of identity politics and uh everything pretty much besides gameplay and so it's obviously missing the point deliberately but anyway hey i'm so glad you guys enjoyed that and uh okay so let so let me explain what i want to do with it because it's not finished yet and how i wanted to finish it was to do i want to do a live stream playthrough of Resident Evil 2 in character as Chip Gaiman. <laughs> I don't I don't know how that would turn out yet. Maybe I'm not going to get any any usable material from it, but I would like to record a, a live playthrough and then if there are funny highlights from that stream, I can extract them from the live playthrough and then place them throughout the edit that's that as it exists now. So so yeah, and then I would I would I would uh play with the audio mix so there's music mixed over the uh the live playthrough segments. Um I don't want to make I don't want to make the video like off-puttingly long, but I wanted to make a review series that was like long form. It's kind of like I mean a big inspiration obviously is the Red Letter Media Plinket reviews, how they're just like they're all like an hour a piece and they're like consistently funny and you can throw them on the TV. Like if you're like doing, if you're busy doing work or something, those videos are a great thing to just throw on the TV and to have on because they, they last so long 
and they're so consistently packed with jokes that uh like it's it I like having something of that length that you can just throw on and leave it. And then it's like consistently funny for like a good hour or so. Not that I want to make it videos that are an hour long, but the way it is right now is about 20 minutes long. And then combined with the stream highlights in character, it would be like a, maybe a half hour or something. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like a half hour per video, you know, of just, just jokes from start to finish. That's really all it's about. It's not really about reviewing games, as you as you can clearly tell. It's just about making people laugh with the the satire. But anyway, so that there you go. That's enough from me. And uh, let's we'll finish off super chats, and then uh, and then we'll call it a night because I think there's a few that are I haven't read out yet since the last time we did it. But uh, before we do that, I'm gonna go pee again. So I'm going to go I'm going to go pee and then I'll come back and then we'll do super chats and we'll finish those off and then and then uh we'll call it a night. Some people are asking if I have Devil May Cry. I have I do have Devil May Cry. I have I bought it on PS4 just cuz I I read some reviews of it and I heard it was a sweet action game and I am really enjoying it. But it's uh I don't know if it's just me, but it's it's really easy, I find. Devil May Cry 5. Like, it's it's fun, but I find it not really challenging. And I, that's, that's me playing on Devil Hunter mode. Not Dante Must Die mode, but that's a mode that you unlock after... Like, you have to beat it on... What is it? Devil... You have to beat it on Devil Hunter first before you get Dante Must Die, which I'm heard is actually challenging, but it's not available at the beginning, so... From what I've played of Devil Hunter mode so far, it's it's a surprisingly easy game. But it is fun. Anyway, I'm gonna go piss, so uh, be right back. guys like my fedora i'm your host chip gaming i can't do the headphones with the hat <laughs> m'lady m'ladying all over the place Uh, okay, let's do uh, Super Chats. Jesus, there's been a, a lot. Okay, Dutch Vanderland says, what's your thought on Justin Trudeau, you commie? <laughs> uh, I don't like him. I think, uh, I think he's kind of pathetic, to be honest. 
mean, he's he's he went against a lot of his the promises that he made that was that his election was based on. And uh, it's not it's not always like what he's doing exactly. It's the fact that he lied at the beginning. Like he said he was going to do one thing and then he got elected and then he started doing different things. And uh, I, I really object to that. And I think he's trying to distract everyone now with all this uh, inclusionary shit where he's like, it's it's almost like he's playing dress up where he's like dressing in all these different multicultural outfits and trying to like portray himself as this like all welcoming, like, in, you know, nobody shall be excluded, like uh, just pandering to everybody and uh just trying to distract everyone with how from how much he sucks with you know this uh with this guise of empathy for all mankind and this progressivism and giving all these douchey answers to questions that people ask him and like he's he's for this like diversity hiring thing where he needs to have 50% women and men on his cabinet regardless of their qualifications which I don't know how I feel about I mean I think people should be hired based on their qualifications period and then Canada just put out this LGBTQ dollar coin we call them loonies over here for Americans we have dollar coins we call them loonies and we have an LGBTQ loony now if you guys didn't know that so it's got like some trans woman on like the coin or like an illustration of like a trans woman on the coin. And it's just like, it's just like, f f I feel like we're being bombarded with this shit, you know, and it's all just a big distraction. It's pretty much the equivalent of jangling keys, you know, so I don't, I don't like the guy. Anyway, there you go. That's my thoughts on Justin. Good old Justin. Uh, thanks, Dutch Vanderland. Fuck, I, I still haven't beaten Red Dead 2. I was really enjoying that campaign, but I haven't even finished it yet. I gotta, I gotta finish it off because I'm, I think I'm pretty close to the end. Anyway. Maybe that'll be, that should be one of the games that I review as uh, Chip Gaiman. For sure. Anyway. Uh, Yemen says, John, you cuck. I love you, babe. By the way, what font do you use for the See Me After Class podcast title? Just want to know for more fan art I'm working on. Uh, well, there's a mixture of different fonts. Uh, the main, the main font for the See Me After Class text is actually the Super Nintendo font. So you remember, you know, you remember the, the box art for the Super Nintendo console or any Super Nintendo game? where you see the Super Nintendo logo where it's it's written in red text. That's the font. And then the po the word podcast is just like a generic arcade font. I got it from some kind of arcade font generator on Google. You can just search arcade, arcade retro gaming font generator or something on, on Google. Anyway. Uh, so there you go. Thank you, Yimmins. 
Um, what else? Dutch Vanderland again says, did John even graduate high school? Yeah, I did. What made you think otherwise? Because of how stupid I am? John's dumb. Yeah, I graduated high school. Thanks, Dutch. Jason D says, John, are you insecure about Eggman's weight because you're a pudgy beaver yourself? Fuck that. I've been good. I've been eating better. I've been working out. I've been doing pull-ups. I got a pull-up bar in my room. Every time I pass under it, I do, I do pull-ups to exhaustion. I have a rule now. I recommend people do the same. It's a good, it's a good way to keep, uh, keep in relatively good shape. Anyway, thanks, Jason. Kiro says, hi, John, check your email or I'll make another SFM pick of Kylie getting foot banged. Please don't. <laughs> I'll check my email later. I'm not checking it on stream. Uh, thanks, Kiro. Uh, Captain Desi says, John, this guy is like the Tommy Wiseau of Machinima. Oh, yeah, you're talking about Flick's thing. I got some laughs out of it. It wasn't so bad. Thanks. Thanks, Desi. Mr. Alabaster says, the word daddy has become so sexualized that if I have kids, they will have to call me bruh or something. <laughs> Hashtag bite the foam. The foam. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's a weird thing going on with the word daddy now. And dad. People calling me dad and shit. I don't know where that came from. It seems weird. Thanks, Mr. Alabaster. Dima DZ says, watch the Never Forget El Dorito trailer by Blam B. Sh do you guys want me to watch that as the last thing before we call it a night? Is it is it funny? What is it about it that I, I don't know. We can watch that if you guys want. I mean, I don't know. I don't know much about it. I mean, I know what El Dorito is and I know people are making trailers for it, but I don't know what the spin on it is if there if any, but but anyway. Uh thanks, dude. Uh, Vanderick says oneself is subverting expectations by not having a plot. <laughs> I couldn't really follow along with the, I think there, there was a plot there, but I didn't really understand what was happening. Thanks Vanderick. The blood banshee says, I feel great joy watching you watch silly things. Oh, thanks man. I'm glad you enjoyed that. At least someone did. <laughs> I think a lot of people were pissed off. But anyway, thanks for your patience. Then thank you, Blood Banshee. I appreciate it, man. Supersonic Speedy Suicide says, John, are you wet right now? What was your favorite part of oneself? When it ended. <laughs> no, there were some funny parts. Um, I'm... The parts I really laughed the hardest, though, I don't know if they were intentional laughs. You know what I mean? There were definitely parts in that in those videos where people were intended to laugh, but I don't know if I laughed at those parts. 
Maybe I did. I don't know. It's hard to read the tone of that thing. Uh, Ariana says, I can't say I know what it's like to get into a girl's panties. Oh, yeah, that, that was actually funny. That was a great line. I thought that was hilarious. I'm glad you pointed that out. That that was a, that was a good line. Thanks, Ariana. Dima DZ says, "Watch, never forget El Dorito." Okay, yeah, I'll 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 watch it. I'll put it on. I don't know what the appeal is. Apparently, it's not a funny thing. It's just a cinematic trailer. But but we can watch it if you want. Sure. Supersonic Speedy Suicide says, "Good job, sport. I'm proud of you. You tried your best, and that's all that matters." Gives you a dad noogie. <laughs> Thanks, Supersonic. Mr. Alabaster says, John, is that your fedora from high school? No. I, I, I bought that fedora specifically for the show. Because I knew I, was gonna, I wanted to have this, like, soy boy character who wears a fedora and wears cringy shirts. Like, in the in the... In the video, I'm wearing this wolf shirt, which I think is funny. But I, what I wanted specifically was, like, cringy video game shirts. Like, I want to have a shirt that says, like, the cake is a lie on it. Where it's, like, intentionally, intentionally like, like uh, he's got that shirt on. Oh, that sucks. Because it's such a tired joke now. And it's, like, it's one of those... The cake is a lie is one of those lines where... It's one of those us gamers lines where it's just immediately makes people roll their eyes i think that would be a funny shirt to wear chip gaming should have a the cake is the lot the cake is a lie shirt arrow in the knee tier yeah yeah that kind of thing you're right um Slider Turtle says, John, this was really entertaining. Will this be uploaded separately? Uh, yes, it will. It'll be its own video. But uh, so here's here's the here's the plan for professional reviews. So the show is called Professional Reviews. And that what you just saw, the Resident Evil 2 review, that'll be the first episode. And it's not finished yet. And what I want to do to complete it is do a live stream in character. I told you this already, right? And to just take the highlights out of that stream and intercut it with the what's there already in the edit. And then that'll be the finished video. And then I'll render that and then and then I gotta put the Patreon supporters in the in the cre in this credits. I need to do the last slate with all the producers on it. And then uh, I'll upload that as its own video. And that I plan to be like a monthly review series. So uh, a series that everybody thinks is funny and everybody can look forward to having one per month. And I, um, I'll make them like each 20 minutes or a half hour. So, yeah, that's that's the plan. So so the Resident Evil 2 playthrough I might do tomorrow or the next day. I got a th I got a thing tomorrow I got to be at, but I might be back early enough to start it tomorrow night. But if not, then maybe the next day. Whenever it is, it'll be soon. Because I want to get that video done. But yeah. Um, so there you go. Thanks, Slider Turtle. 
Rivers727 says, make more new series, Job. Well, one new series isn't enough. Should every new video be a new series? How about we just do one series at a time? How about that? Thanks, Rivers727. Ariana says, that was job. That was great. Good job. Oh, thank you, Ariana. I am honestly so stoked that you guys liked it. I wasn't sure. Captain Desi says, John, that was awesome. I would love to see more of your new series. Well, you shall. So thank you. I'll make more. I'll probably do Sekiro. I'll, make, I'll probably do Sekiro next. Thanks, Desi. Uh, Tyler the Tyler the Defiler <laughs> says, "Love the Resident Evil Two video. Perfect example of your humor, and I would love to see more in the future." Sure, man. Sounds good. Thank you, Tyler. Chevy Cruz says, "Vroom, I love your new series." Chevy Cruz and his Chad car. St are you still drive driving Chad cars these days? I hope so. Thanks, Chevy. Simulacrum Pictures says, Would you ever entertain the idea of making a new Machinima series as you've done in the past with shows like One Life Remaining? Uh, perhaps, but not, not like One Life Remaining because I really didn't like... I talked about it already. The dissonance between the Halo graphics and the story. Like... I think the story, whatever it is, needs to acknowledge the fact that it takes place in a video game. That's the only that's the only way I'd do it going forward. <clears throat> Thanks, Simulacrum. Derelict Country says Would would you wear oneself merch if we bought it for you? Good God no. <laughs> No offense, but no. Thanks, Derelict. Taylor Mallory, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Kiro says, Hi, John. I want to see your reaction to the drawing I made. No. No, Kiro. Your, your drawings are so explicit. I'll look at it later, though. Thanks, Kiro. Brent Music says, Do you want us to be in character as your SJW fan base or trolls? Also, talk about Game of Thrones, bitch. How else will I be able to sleep? Yeah, but I don't... It's too... I think it's too soon for me to talk about it. Because there's probably here people here who haven't seen the new Game of Thrones yet. I don't want to spoil it for people. Unless I'm wrong, I don't know. But it's already late enough already. Maybe we'll talk about that in another stream. Game of Thrones. Anyway, thanks, Brent. Kyle Bertagna says, Thanks for the stream, John. In your time of absence, I have since bought FL Studios. Really liking it so far. Have a nice night. Oh, you're welcome, man. Um, I haven't fully gotten the hang of it either, despite the, the amount of time I've been using it. But... Uh, but I'm really, I, I'm, re I really like it. It does what I need it to do. Like there, there might be better sequencing programs out there. In fact, there probably is. But 
FL Studio works for me. Thanks, Kyle. Lone Star says, John, this guy named Racist looks kind of like you. Is he your hillbilly cousin? Ah, Ray. Um, some people pointed out in the chat during that video that uh, Chip Gaiman is a lot is pretty much Josh Butterballs, and it's true. He pretty much is Josh Butterballs, but I didn't want to use the name Josh Butterballs because uh, I liked the joke in the name Chip Gaiman better. And the fact is that I came up with the name Josh Butterballs a long time ago. And honestly, I I wish I could change Josh Butterball's name to something else now, but I can't because it's already been established that that's his name. So I essentially did just want to make a live-action Josh Butterball's show, but I didn't want to use that name. I wanted to use a more... something that's a name that's more directly tied with video gaming. So Chip Gaming seemed perfect to me. I, I, I think that's really funny. But I the I wanna have it so like Josh Butterballs and Chip Gaiman are like fan they're like friends. So like at some point in RB and the Chief I plan to mention Chip Gaiman's name. So like I'll have a scene in RB and the Chief with Josh Butterballs and then I'll 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 have a, a mentioning of Chip Gaiman. Like my friend Chip Gaiman is doing these video games review video game reviews. Go check out his show. You know what I mean? So So there you go. The John CJG Cinematic Universe. That's right. Um I'm your host Racist. Maybe Racist'll make a comeback too one of these days. I don't know. Uh, let me check the Streamlabs thing. Any donations through Streamlabs? Nope. Okay, cool. So I am going to... Let's look at this El Dorito trailer. People want me to watch it for whatever reason. So let's let's watch that and then we'll call it a night, Okay. And then the next time I the next time I stream will be the uh, Resident Evil Two playthrough as Chip Gaiman, and that'll be maybe tomorrow or the next day. So, uh, what are we on now? Podcast mode. Okay, yeah. So I am going to search for. Fucking hell! I just want YouTube. Oh, is my... Oh, no, it isn't. You, I don't... I, you know, for some reason, demonetization isn't a huge issue for me. Like, a lot of my videos, I have monetization turned on, and it's fine. But there's certain videos, like uh, Slightly Right-Leaning Podcast with Racist, that clip, that's demonetized. Because, obviously... It, I mean, it's got a fucking rebel flag on the fr on the thumbnail, and it's got right leaning in the title, and it's got racist in the title. Um, but 
the the full episode that contains that scene is monetized fine. So it's it's really weird what YouTube decides what should and shouldn't be monetized. I don't know how the fuck it works. Anyway. YouTube hates conservatives. Oh, they certainly don't like conservatives, that's for sure. They don't want them to make any money. Which I think is unfair. But what are you going to do? Uh, so... Okay, so I'm seeing a video here. Remember El Dorito by Walking Shitpost? Is that the right one? What's it what's it what's the title of the what's the exact title of the the video exactly? It's by Blambite. Okay, right. El Dorito Blam bite. Never forget El Dorito, an awareness trailer. Okay, so I think this is it. All right, I don't really know what to expect from this, but here we go. Um, desktop audio is on. Let's bring it down to negative 15. All right, and uh, I got audio, turn that shit up. All right, now, uh, so we're watching this trailer now, so here we go. I've actually seen this because um, I think it was Blambite that DM'd me on Twitter and uh, he sent me a private link to this trailer on, I think it was Vimeo. This was before it was released on YouTube and he asked my advice on it and I gave him some pointers. So, um, so I, I have seen this, but not in its finished form. So, so we'll, we'll just finish this off.
Not a bad, uh, not a bad trailer. I got a few notes though. Actually, the notes that I ha I want to mention, I I gave them or I gave the dude already over DM. But um, I would recommend making the clips a little shorter, and just cramming more clips into the video. Um, and also, one of the biggest things is uh, title safe. Now, I don't know how many of you guys are video editors, but um, title safe is a, it's an, it's a boundary within the frame of the video uh, beyond which text should not appear. So if you imagine there's like a, a square within this, a rectangle within the rectangle here, right? Um, the, the text shouldn't appear beyond that boundary. So, uh, I would recommend taking this text and moving it up and maybe even either reducing the font size or maybe splitting this bottom text off into two lines and, uh, just keep the text within title safe because you don't want text hugging the, the borders like that. I mean, the, 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 the likelihood of text being cropped out on a screen is really unlikely nowadays because most screens are 16 by 9 and you're, and you're going to see the text fine. But uh, there there is an aesthetic benefit to having text within title safe and not outside of the boundary uh, that I think. And maybe put some motion graphics on the text, like maybe like have it slowly s scale larger or smaller like really slowly but just just fast enough for for the eye to notice it and uh it's good at showing off like what what you can do in it like el dorito looks pretty fucking awesome i haven't tried it yet but it looks it looks like it plays really smoothly and it looks it looks fun and there's like text chat it's like a proper PC game and it looks like you can have a lot of fun like modding the game and stuff. And some cool shit with the elephant there. Um bit too much text here and again title safe. I would shrink all this down and maybe split all this text up into two different slates. And uh so yeah, there you go. That's that's my thoughts on that. I mean, if that's what you you were after, I assume that's why you wanted me to watch it. Because I mean, it's not like it's funny or anything. It's just a trailer for the thing. But it's it's cool. You, uh, Blambite did a good job on it. Um. I'm one of the head guys for Blambite. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the, the stuff that I just said, I already gave him in the form of notes in a DM that I sent him over Twitter. But uh, 
but uh, he did a good job. It's a good trailer. It does its job. I mean, for a for a f what's essentially a fan made video, it's it's really good. All right, so I think we'll call it a night, boys and girls. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the stream. Thanks for all your support and your patience. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, my new show. So that'll uh, we're going to do a Resident Evil 2 playthrough soon. And then I'll finish off that video and that'll be a new series that I'll work on. And RB and the Chief is still being worked on. The script for episode 14 is is closer to completion than not. So, uh, I mean, I have a rough draft all done. So I'm just combing through episode 14. And once it's done, then uh, I can start shooting it. And, uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Rip skipped super chats. All right, all right, all right. We'll finish off the super chats and then I'll go. Okay. There more keep coming in. Hang on. Uh oh yeah. In regard to Brent Music's thing about, do you want us to be in the your in character as your SJW fan base or trolls? Uh, you guys don't have to do anything because the chat isn't going to be in the video feed like I just want it to be me in the gameplay like in the video there's just going to be the gameplay window and then the window with me in it and I don't want the chat in there so it doesn't matter what people say in the chat you don't have to play a role or anything but I appreciate the thought um Kiro says John please the drawing isn't that explicit no, Kiro. I will. I will check out your email, just not right now. But thanks, man. Chris Mayan says, working on any music? Was there an unreleased episode thirteen? Uh yeah. Um, so I actually played it at the start of this broadcast on the standby screen. There is a track that I had just made. I can play it for you guys right now if you want, actually. Hang on. Um, I'll turn on desktop audio. Give me a second. So, yeah, I'll just play, I'll just play it at low volume. So, this is, this is one that I made most recently, and it's called Life's a Beach. <laughs> Again, it's it's pretty simple and repetitive, but I think it achieves a certain mood that I like. Uh, let's do some more super chats here.
Uh, what else? But yeah, other than this, there is another. Tr there, there was an unreleased track used in episode 13. It was during the Adam and Kylie meeting. So uh, I'll play that for you guys after this one. Um, Sean Thompson. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate your support, dude. That's very nice of you. Big thanks to Sean. Dima DZ, you too, man. Give my regards to uh, Blambite. Tell him he did good for this video. And Lone Star says, are you going to stream E3? Well, a bunch of my E3 videos got flagged, demonetized, or outright blocked. So I don't know if I should. But, uh, I mean, I, I'll, I, can, I can do it anyway if you guys... Did you guys like the E3 stream I did last year? I can, I can do it if you guys want. I, for, I don't even know when it is, I forget. If you if you listen to the notes in this track, it's just it's so fucking simple to make. But uh, you you have to come at it from the angle of achieving a certain emotion. That's that's always the starting point. So like when I was when I was coming up with this track, I had an image, I had a feeling and an image in my mind, and that image was. Uh, a guy with a really cool car in the 80s who's on the run from the police or some crime boss and he's parked on the beach and there's wet sand and it's really early in the morning and it's like foggy and the guy's just outside leaning against his parked car looking out on the beach and like looking around just taking in the atmosphere and it probably sounds really weird what I'm describing right now but that was just like I had this aesthetic in my head and I was like what would be the best way to like score that like what would be a cool track to play behind behind that and then this is this is what I came up with so you, you start with a feeling and a, a picture in your head There you go. Okay, so this I'll play this other track for you. This is a this is an unreleased track that was used in episode 13 when Kylie meets Adam after not seeing each other for like four or five years. Very simple.
Okay, so you get the picture. So the idea behind that was just like uh, sh shattered innocence, you know, because you, you have this character, Adam, right, who's like a, a teenager, but he's been through some horrific shit and he's out of jail now. And I wanted something. I wanted something to reflect Kylie's state of mind as well as Adam's, where it's just like Kylie's meeting this kid and she has a soft spot for him because of how young he is. So she feels this kind of maternal instinct towards him. But she is also apprehensive because she thinks he might be really dangerous at the same time. And so I wanted to have this uh, s something, uh, I don't know, s something eerie and unsettling, but this, some like a quality of innocence in there somewhere too. But like this this unsettling under undertone to it as well. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I just I have like a I I read whatever the scene is that I want to score and I get, I try and I just keep the, the feeling of the scene in my head, like what, what the audience is meant to be feeling in the scene. And then I score to that. And then I just fuck around with instruments and different chords. Like the, the important, the, you figure out the chords first and then you decide on what instrument. And that's how I do it anyway. So like, I'll just start off with a basic synth instrument and then figure out the notes, like do the chords. And then I'll figure out the notes that I want, establish that. And then you just, after that's finalized, you just drag and drop different instruments onto it and you figure out what sounds the best. And then, you know, you I hit a particular string and it's just like, oh, that sounds good. Okay, let's move on to the next set of notes. And then what other instruments should be combined with that and... Anyway, yeah, there you go. That's my my process. So yeah, just a lot a lot of the way yeah, I taught myself how to make music and a lot of it's just fucking around with the sequencer. Like just have fun with it, you know? But start with a feeling. You cuz you like the notes have to come from somewhere. You can't just make up the note the sequence of notes out of nothing. It has to come from a feeling, something tangible that's in your in your head some kind of emotion that you're trying to convey through music. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm no musician. Like, I, I'm just... I make synth tunes in FL Studio as a way of scoring my projects, and it, it works for me, so... And other people seem to like the, the tracks that I make, so... Uh, I don't have a mixtape, but... Uh, you you can I have an album of the first fifty tracks you can buy off my website, and you can also listen to all the tracks for free on my SoundCloud page. So if you go to my SoundCloud account, my username for my SoundCloud is on the screen. You can go to my SoundCloud profile, and you can you can listen to all the tracks there. But I, I haven't uh, I haven't posted the two tracks you just listened to. They're unreleased, but but I'll release them eventually when I have some time. Anyway, okay. Are we good? Oh, G Gabriel Ignacio says, a lot of your scores make for good driving music. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 
I like that about I like that about them too. I like my own tracks, I have to say. Maybe that makes me sound like a dick, but I enjoy my my own tracks. I like listening to my own stuff. Just like if just for ambience, you know, if nothing else. Cuz I know there's no lyrics and they're not really that complicated and they're very repetitive, but I think they do achieve a certain mood. And there there is something about synthwave where repetition is inherent to the style. You know? I I like figuring out like a melody and then repeating that and like finding a melody that sounds good when it's repeated and when it's combined with different chords you know anyway uh so let's let's call it a night shall we so i want to thank everyone for tuning in thank you for your support I'm, i hope you enjoyed the stream thank you for your kind feedback in regard to my new show i'm glad you enjoyed it Thanks for sticking around so long, and uh, I will see you again soon for the Resident Evil 2 playthrough as Chip Gaiman. Thank you all so much, guys. I hope you had fun. And uh, peace out. I'll, I'll stream again soon, don't worry. Thanks, guys.